What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Force Sensitive. It's been a while. Gort, what's been going on? Oh, not a whole ton. I mean, we had Toy Cons and yeah. your Comic Cons and Halloween and wedding anniversaries. Some show called TFCon. Nobody's yeah. heard of that one. I'm just going to let you know anytime that anybody asked me about it, I 100% blamed you. Just I put it all on your plate. I said, I don't, I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what kind of operation Gort's running over there. Sorry. I was getting actually pretty uh, hectic at work. Um, one guy left, so a lot of different uh, ship coverage going on. It's uh, it's pretty wild right now. <laughs> so we do have an episode for you today, which is nice, and we're going to try from here on out to have at least two a month. I think that's definitely manageable. And today we are joined by Jed. Hey, everybody. Jed, how do you feel about having a name that's so short and direct and to the point? Kind of like a, you know, like Jack, Jed. It's it's a uh, it's a lot better than saying it's Jedithis or Jedediah Dude, or anything a, like that. That's a big old fat fact. Yeah, because yeah. everybody's like, "What's Jed short for?" And I'm like, "It's not. It's just Jed." So plus, if you put an I on the end of it, you have a great Halloween costume. So that's true. That's true. I hadn't even considered that. Um, real quick to everybody, make sure that you follow the Instagram. We have uh, Esteban holding that down, doing a great job. A lot of interesting tidbits he's been putting up on there. If anybody's been following recently, like I found myself even like liking it myself and then being like, man, what account is this? I got to follow it more closely. And I'm like, oh, man, this is related to something I'm doing. <laughs> so it's been nice. And, um, and to follow the Facebook as well. But enough about the show, Jed. When did you first see Star Wars? What was that experience like? Um, my first memory is uh, going to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater. And we, like, one of the things, like, with uh, with my family and stuff like that, we, we, didn't, we didn't have, like, a lot of money. So we always went to, like, the, uh, the, the dollar budget theater mm-hmm. that will, like, get the movies, like, like, a good six months or more, like, after they were released and stuff. So... I remember, uh, I think I was like six or something like that when Empire came out. So uh, my mom said to me, she's like, oh, do you want to go see this movie? And I was like, I didn't really know anything about Star Wars you know, back then because I was like six. So Is this, is so this the original see- release of Empire? Yeah, the original release. Wow, man, you sound so good. You sound good for your age. Gee, thanks. Do you, do, do you smoke? <laughs> uh, no. Do you drink? Uh, not anymore. Nope. See, that's what it is. Your vocal tone sounds yep. beautiful. Mine sounds like a train wreck. Um, <laughs> no, it's good. Okay, sorry. Continue. You sound great. So um, she was like, yeah, do you want to go see this movie? And I was like, sure. You know, because it was like some type of space thing or whatever. So I remember watching it and I remember like loving it when I saw it. And I remember driving my mom insane on the way home, just like trying to impersonate Yoda the whole time. Uh-huh. And I was like... You know, so she was like, please, please stop saying those things. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, that was that was my first experience with Star Wars. So I didn't really see the very I didn't see a new hope. Um, I didn't see in the right order. But, you know, I was three years old, so I don't think I would have remembered it anyway if my parents would have took me to the theater. So it's, but, so, it's um, so crazy, man. Every like the, the large majority of people that we spoke to saw them out of release order. Like, it's, yeah. it's rare that we find the opposite. Wouldn't you say that, Gort? Wouldn't you say that's the case? A hundred percent. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, this me. is like 1980, right? right? So I I don't remember when VCRs became a big thing. So this is probably pre that. That's a good point. So, 
and you couldn't buy a tape. I mean, you could, but you're spending like two hundred, three hundred dollars on a VHS tape because yeah, they're basically selling it just to uh, rental shops and not to correct you know, uh, yeah people for, for homeowners and stuff. So arm and a leg, yeah. yeah. So you're you're, so, you're six years old. You see Empire for the first time in the theater at the Dollar Theater because you had a, a very sad, uh, poor upbringing, and <laughs> but <thanks>. but <laughs> but but you 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 fall in love with it at first at first sight. What what was it at a, at a six year old sensibility? What was it that grabbed you? Do you think the the lightsabers, of course. Yeah, of course. That was you know the the fight between Luke and, and Vader. Um, just the whole uh, yoga Dagobah scene, you know, as a six-year-old kid, you have like, basically a, a Muppet, you know, on the right, screen and stuff. Right. It was really cool. Um, well, it's funny because that but, film is kind of lore heavy. You know, it's mythology heavy. It's it's not the most yeah, action-packed. You know, it's probably the least you know, action-packed of all of them. Um, well, I mean, it starts out with a great, you know, battle on Hoth, for sure. which is really cool. Um, I remember that was one of the things that like kind of hooked me was like uh, the whole speeder mm-hmm. uh, battles against the uh, the Adats. And back when the Atari Twenty Six Hundred came out, which I had as a kid, they had the uh, I think it was the Parker Brothers. I, f- I forget which company made it, but they they made an Empire Strikes Back game, and all it was was that you were the speeder just shooting Adats the whole game. That's all it was. There was no hook oh, line and tow cables. It was I, just shooting. I think I've rec- seen that. Like, like on yeah. on a video or something, do uh. But it is like you know. I remember as a kid when I saw it, it was definitely the Hoth scene that grabbed me, and I pretty much I wasn't quite much interested in the rest of it. I liked I think I liked the asteroid scene a bit, and you know. But now as an adult, I kind of want to move through that as fast as possible and get to like that third act immediately. Right. Um, you know what? That asteroid scene is something that still wows me to this day yeah i, I think do. it oh, looks yeah. phenomenal but it's the music yeah in particular yeah. yep the music Absolutely. and the and the choreography of the the ship movements like it's really yes. imaginative and ahead of its time in that regard like you still see you know like space stuff or even like stuff that marvel has done with kind of alien ships taking similar maneuvers as some of those five tie fighters and in, in the falcon in that scene i feel like yeah. If you think about it, there's like each part of that movie has something that catches you. So they have the the whole scene with the, the asteroid and then there's that as a space worm or whatever mm-hmm. that's in the the asteroid. And that was like a the, the Minox and then you have the bounty hunters and then you have the lightsaber fight, you have the Hoth battle, you have the training on Dagobah. So there's a lot of, you know, like parts of that movie that would grab you as as a kid. Yeah. It's just that kind of you put it all together. And you know, as I got older, and then I watched the others. I actually, like in my, I don't know, like preteen years, I actually hated Empire. I, that was my least favorite movie right. out of all of them. Right. Because it was like a cliffhanger and, you know, the the, the good guys didn't really win that and, and at the end. For sure. And it's kind of the least fun. You know, it's yeah. not a fun movie. You know, it has some fun right. elements, but it's it's a heavy movie. Um. There was something else I was going to say, something that you said when you were like, uh, you know, just like the, the space worm and all that, like these little, something we haven't talked about on here, like these little nuggets that Star Wars gives you with no explanation, you know, that just mm-hmm. kind of captures your imagination. And, and as you said it, I was like, man, it is true. Like the, the space worm. The other thing I remember as a kid, like the, uh, the dune dragon or whatever, the crate dragon that was like laying in the sand of Tatooine in the, the first skeleton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember thinking like, mm-hmm. what, what is that? I want to know everything there is mm-hmm. to know about that, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they don't, they don't bother with it. It's just like, th- this is a part of the world. It's like so smart, you know, in hindsight. 
the beautiful thing too with star wars and all that wealth of visuals there is no information now you get that in source books and all kinds of uh, material later on Mm -hmm. but they didn't have to elaborate they didn't stop and take time to explain it but i think that's where you're getting all the imagination from yeah all kinds of other movies either don't have things like that or they're going to stop and tell you all about it and it's just dude are we on the takes cusp? away the wonder are we on the cusp I of a that's... hot take right now i feel like we're on the cusp of a hot take let's let's follow this through so like if we if we expound that and we kind of place it on the films that we've seen in the last five years that people are like you know screaming like what about this it's not explained what about this it's not explained mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not the children that are saying that. Is it because we're old and the nothing has killed our fucking imagination? <laughs> I think um, I think it depends on the people in the I don't want to say like generational like differences because we didn't grow up with internet. We didn't grow up with immediate knowledge, you know, with a, a search away type of thing. We mm-hmm. we had to go to books or we had to go to library. We had to you know wait for something to come out on TV to explain those things to us. Now it's like in like a millennial or a Gen Z type of you know uh, person would be like, oh, I want to know what this is. I'll look it up. I'll type in it real quick. I'll get it. Mm-hmm. So their attention span is a lot less than say what we were growing up. Right. So I think that that's why a lot of the media, a lot of movies, kind of directed toward that now, where they have to explain everything to them. If right. They can't just leave it open to interpretation anymore. But I don't feel like it's the kids that are like complaining about it. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like right. the it's like the minivan drivers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, drivers, <laughs> dude. And, 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 and there's a, I think there's a fair correlation that the more often you drive a minivan, the more impacted your imagination is. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to go out I need on that branch. I need to see an algorithm based on that. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> yes. That's, these are the numbers that you're after. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Okay, so so you saw you saw the movie, you you fell in love with it. Um yeah. did you did you get into any of the collecting, any of the merchandising elements that have kind of gone hand in hand with Star Wars since the beginning? Um, I, I, I think I got a couple of figures my parents got for me, but they wouldn't buy me like any other stuff. Like they wouldn't get me like an X wing. They wouldn't get me a, a Falcon or anything like that. I think I might've had a piece of the death star playset that my parents might have got me at a yard sale a for piece. like 50 cents. Right. Yeah. Like the trash compactor or something, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I had an R2D2 and that was it like growing up. So yeah, it was, it was, um, it was mostly like, like, uh, books and stuff that I, I really, jumped into after that so i went to the library and i remember there was uh i think there were two han solo books or one of the i think there was two like han solo short stories or something like that that i remember reading a set of three books that were early on in the the 80s i think i'm trying to remember the name of all of them but the only one that stands out to mind is han solo at star's end that sounds that sounds right i think it's all they're all connected stories. I remember there was uh, like the Blue Max robot and and all those, and it's all about Han and like the corporate sector and just his early smuggling adventures, more or less. Yeah, I don't think Chewie was involved in those. No, he's he's in those. Is he the okay? Yes. So um, yeah, Unless so I read those different things. <clears throat> Maybe I I just remember the books being like um, really old, like yeah. they were probably one of the first you know novelizations of Star Wars besides the actual movie. Yeah, novelization. I have, I have no recollection. I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now, and I'm looking at the uh, the cover and stuff. And I mean, obviously, the cover looks familiar because it's a very like iconic pose of the two of them. But like, this has no. I have. No, I don't remember this at all. 
But but to be fair, I I didn't do much reading as a kid. I'm not doing a whole lot now, to be honest. But, but <laughs> reading was not necessarily um, something that I was necessarily interested in it, uh, as a young lad. So I jumped into um, comic books then, like mm-hmm. Marvel Comics uh, with Star Wars after that. So I was reading all those all the time. And then um, I remember seeing New Hope. It was either, I think it was, it might have been on HBO or um, or it could have been like like on a special maybe or something like that on TV. But I just, I remember, I, th- I think it was on a pay channel because my dad had like one of those scrambler boxes that you get that stuff for free. So <laughs> right. uh, I remember watching it every time it would come on. I would always may sit down and watch it. So because I was entranced with it, I never saw it before. And um, I, I really, really, really liked that. So I, I just like got really deep into everything I could find possibly with Star Wars between like the novels and the comics and like any type of books that they had that was that was written about it. Do you um, think that you were that you were have more into that than the films? Um, I think probably about equal because okay. I, I I must have watched. I must have watched the original, tr- original trilogy hundreds and hundreds of times, so just over and over again. I think I think they kind of go hand in hand because the comics didn't really follow like the, very closely to the canon. Mm-hmm. There was like all these different like weird characters that were you know pop up, and sometimes they would kind of talk about like what happened in the movie. Like there was, uh, I remember the first issue of the Marvel comics that I got was Leia had re- like like. Uh, they were trying to run away from a bunch of stormtroopers, and she found that one of the stormtroopers was wearing a piece of Alderaan around his neck, mm. and he was actually from Alderaan. And then, like, she was trying to like tell him to come over to the rebellion and leave the empire, and they had this, you know, the big story, and he like winds up dying at the end of the book. So, huh? The um, it's funny. I never got into <clears throat> like I got into the Dark Horse comics a good bit. But I never got into a lot of the comics for stuff that was like, you know, the Marvel stuff of the 80s, like like the, the Star Wars stuff, the Transformers stuff. I, I think it was because I'm, I was so shallow as a kid that I like opened up and I was like, this looks dumb. Like, you know, just because, <laughs> just, just, just because it didn't look like what I was used to seeing, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. artwork of that stuff was very different, mm-hmm. you know, than, than I think if I was a kid today, I would fall in love with like what IDW does with Transformers or what Marvel's mm-hmm. doing with Star Wars, you know. But as a, as a kid of the 80s, I was like, man, like, like you know. What what arts art you know school uh, dropout they get to do this stuff you know and as, as as an adult I can look back on it and be like oh you know this is beautiful for its time and there's nuance to it and everything but as a kid I was like nope um, well one of the things with comics back then is that you didn't have like you know people really buying a lot of stuff that was in subscription so you had to have, have a cover that would you know grab people's attention <clears throat> so they can get it off the shelf you know yeah. like get a news or whatever yeah I don't think that's so, too different from what it is today to be honest but yeah go continue well, well a lot of the those- uh, <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, some of those original covers too, they were really just the same art as the interior. So like they weren't as striking as when Dark Horse was putting out stuff with like Dave Dorman art Correct. On the cover. Correct. So that's a huge grab. You know, it looks like yeah. the novels did. Dorman's work is beautiful, yeah. by the way. Absolutely. There was a there's a couple of artists and I can't remember who they were, but they would try to take the the likenesses of the actors as best they could. And make it kind of like a, a nice watercolor painting for the cover, so you're yeah. like, oh, hey, there's you know Han Solo, hey, there's so and so. Instead of just having like a weird comic book, very you know interpretation of them. Well, there's there's Marvel comic stuff now that's 
that's hitting Star Wars wise. That like when I look at the interior art, I'm like, man, I don't want to be the skeptical, you know, Generation Xer, but this looks like a trace of the movie screen to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, like yeah, I'm like, I know this really frame. Good. I'm like, I know this frame. I, I know this exact frame. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so, okay, so let's fast forward and get to Jedi. How old are you? You're nine years old when Jedi comes out? Yeah, that's about right. Yep. So how did that strike you? Um, that was, that was like, one of those really cool things where, you know, today everybody, you, you watch trailers for everything to kind of get an idea of what the movie's about. So I went into that not knowing anything right. about it. So, you know, the, the scroll comes up and they're talking about the Death Star. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that's what happened to it. I thought it blew up, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> right, oh, wait, they're right. building a brand new one. It's bigger, you know, like, oh, <laughs> right, right, right. this is cool. So, um, yeah, that was I, I really like Jedi. That was my favorite movie as a kid growing up. I would watch that all the time. I asked just from I asked that because of your age bracket seeing it. I was three. You know, I was probably four or five when my dad finally showed it to me. But um you know, I was three when it came out, and you were nine. I have a buddy of mine uh, who loves episode four, and he loves episode five. But he was about 12 to 13 when Return of the Jedi came out, and he has hated that movie and everything since. <laughs> you know, passionately. Um, and actually, uh, as a side note, and I've told this story before, but he, he made a good comment because like, some of the stuff he lets go in Marvel, I'm like, well, what about this, dude? What are you doing? And he's like, yeah, but he's like, Marvel is the, is the, Marvel is the neighborhood kid. You know, so the, the neighborhood kid messes up and you go outside, you're like, hey, man, don't be throwing rocks in the street, and you go inside. Star Wars is my kid. So when I see my kid throwing rocks in the street, I'm like, get your ass inside! <laughs> um. But yeah, so but it's it's curious to me that at that age it still captivated you stuff like you know the the, the goofier elements like the you know even I mean I love Lapty Neck we've talked about it numerous times and at length but you know for the for what the four and five had established Lapty Neck is still a little on the goofy side and then the Ewoks are certainly on the goofy side so talk yeah. to me a little bit how you you know how that worked for you in your your mind so. Um... Let's see. So with Jedi, I really like that because of those elements. Because I'm a kid, you know, I'm nine. I'm like, I'm not sitting there thinking like, oh, geez, this whole comedy thing is ruining the whole franchise. I can't believe that, you right. know, I'm gonna, you know, blah blah blah. But I, I, I laughed at all the the parts with the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it was you know, it's it was weird because like there's if you look back at those original trilogy and you try to think, you know, was he writing for the kids at that point yeah not really i mean like probably jedi was really the first one right that really was kind of you know tried to pull in like you know my age bracket to like really like it and i did and it was it, it, it worked for me because i loved every aspect of it and it, at that point then because i loved this movie so much was like i went back and i looked at the other two and now a new hope was like boring to me except for like the you know the last 20 minutes i was like so I fast through all the weird, dumb, boring stuff. Huh. They're just running around on the Death Star or whatever. Just get to that and you know, fight scene. And Empire, I, I hated because it was it was very deep. like you said, it was very deep in the mythology. It was very, um, it wasn't like it wasn't fun. It was like it wasn't well, like action packed yeah. everywhere. But it was I agree. very you know heavy on character building and dialogue and stuff. And Jedi was just you know like just one scene after the other of of having like like one adventure after uh, in the movie. And then there was it was just filled with like comedy like, um, 
the one Ewok flying on the the speeder bike, you know, with just by his right, hands right, holding right, on, right, right, screaming, right. you know, um, just like certain aspects of it where the the two logs would come down and crush the ATST. Yeah. Uh, when they're when they get caught up in the net. Yeah. And like between Han and Luke's like, Han, can you grab my lightsaber? He's like, yeah. He's like, hold on. <laughs> and he like definitely cannot. <clears throat> I like that about Han though. He's like, yeah, I got it. Even if he doesn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm the exact same way. I feel like the, um, <laughs> the, 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 the question I wanted to ask you uh, also about all that is, or maybe not question, but just the point, like the, the, the joy element that you, you kind of mentioned, like the, the fun and laughing and all that kind of stuff. That is something that became more a part of it afterwards. But like, I think the other thing that you said that this was definitely targeted towards kids and maybe more so than the other ones. Um, I think you're on to something there. And, you know, I think this is definitely the first time that the merchandising element was taken into account with the creation of the film, you know, and that's never quite separated since. Um, but like well, when I watch when I watch uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right, I, I love it until the last five minutes when they destroy uh, Ronan with the power of friendship. And and choreographed That's dance. That's the best part of the movie. It's and, got the dance on. And choreographed yeah. dance. But like that ruins that whole movie for me. But when I watch it with my kids, my kids love it. You know, that part specifically. So like that is something I feel like, you know, we need to remember with, with all of this kind of media is that it is important that it grabs the next generation in order to sustain the life of the thing that we love in spite of our kind of modern current or mature sensibilities. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to that. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people who just think that's, that's kind of the turning point in the franchise where it ruined everything for them. Like they're like, it's not serious anymore. It's, it's more, you know, slapstick or there's, there's these elements that just doesn't make sense. They're going from like something that's tragic to something that's funny right after the next cut. And I'm like, like, dude, just it's it's a movie. Just don't overanalyze it. Sit back and enjoy it for what it is. You know, trying to be so critical. Yeah. Well, I think that whenever you change, like I, I think that six does start to alter the formula a bit. And there's all anytime that anything alters the formula, there's gonna be some growing pains. But the mm-hmm. the, the question is, how does that sustain? Right. So, you know, how many however many years later we can say that you know, the changes that were made for Jedi for better or worse have helped, you know, to sustain the franchise. And, uh, you know, we can say that, uh, about the prequels as well at this point, you know, wh- whereas when the prequels came out, it was like, oh my God, this, like every, everybody hates this now. Like it's not going to be, you know what I mean? But, 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 but looking back on it now, 20 years later, it's like, nope, it's beloved by those children who are now 25. Um, right. yeah, I don't know. That's good stuff. Um, so, are you still, by the time the Jedi comes out, are you still heavy into all the books and the comics and all the kind of, you know, secular material, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just, it, it wasn't so much like where I was collecting toys because I either couldn't afford it or my parents couldn't get it for me or whatever. So I, I could get what I could. So, you know, there was always getting the comic books. There was always the the special books that they had um, on Star Wars. There was, I think there was an Empire thing. Most of them were, you know, basically like cash grabs where they would just take screenshots of the film and then they put like descriptions underneath it or they give you a little bit more of an exclamation uh, explanation about it. Uh, The novelizations I would read um, over and over as much as I could, which, and it's funny because back then it was, it was a little bit different than the, the, the 
the movie, you know, so, and like as a kid, you didn't really understand that. You're like, why, why is the book mm-hmm. different? And why is there more things in it that, that I didn't see on the screen? You know, why didn't they match up? You know, so, there's, there's also like a, a, a magic to that era, you know, a pre eBay, pre Amazon era where like, you know, if you went, if you were out of state or whatever, and you went into a bookstore there's a chance that you would encounter Star Wars books in that bookstore that was in a different kind of dis- distribution center that you never saw in mm-hmm. yours. And it was like right. uh, every store had this whole new world to offer. Or if you like, or God, you know, I mean, if you had the opportunity to go to Disney World when they had the, you know, the, the Star Tours ride and the books that they had in there, like you never heard of or seen. And you could pick right. up all this extra material that you had no idea even existed. That, that doesn't really exist now. You know, anything now is kind of accessible, you know? It made me think of, um, I remember as a kid, there was a, uh, a Return of the Jedi activity book that I had. And it was like one where you can cut things out and you can like make, you know, like, like stand up, you know, like scenes and stuff. Uh-huh. But there was a page that I remember where there was a picture of Yoda or some, or a Death Star or something where the instructions were that you had to stare at a dot on the page for like a minute. And then you, you would look up and blink a lot, and it said that you were using the force, <laughs> 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 and you could see the image in the in the air in front of you. That's awesome. <laughs> do, you, do you remember those sticker books? Uh, I had some for Star Wars, but like they they were like they were sticker books, but the stickers didn't have a permanent stick. It was had to do with the material of the paper and the material of the sticker, and you could like yeah yeah, dude. I used to wear that shit out, like you know putting putting all the little characters in different scenes and. Um, but it was not color forms. Is that it? Color forms? I, I Something like that. I can't. I have no recollection of the they, name of it. I had a whole bunch of like dinosaur a, ones and everything else. I had a bunch of uh, Star Wars and comic book ones, uh, like Marvel Comics ones, where it was basically a, a three fold out like cardboard piece, and then you could just stick them into like the scene at uh-huh. different spots, yeah. little yeah. weapons and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. God, man, yeah, those so good. That was a good. Those good toys back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <All> this VR <laughs> stuff now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So moving into kind of the dark times, uh, what what was Star Wars during this period? Um, seeing the films out of order, having uh, a, a love for Jedi and a varying love for Empire, and relatively not interested or as interested in A New Hope how did star wars sustain itself to you as a fan during that period um let's see so there's a like i said like a lot of i think i'm not sure when the the expanded universe started they started writing novels for that but i know there was a couple of one-offs here and there and i know the video games of course like really hooked me so there was like you went from the the atari 2600 that had like the the horrible horrible games that were terrible but they still were fun and uh, once you like, you know, once you got a PC, so then you had the uh, the X Wing versus Tie Fighter games, which were fantastic. Oh yeah. Uh, and the best part about that is they actually gave you two copies of the game, so you could give one to your friend, so you could play each other. Yeah. You know, like. Um, I used to get yeah, lost that's... in those games. Like I would just lose. I was like, "Where am I? I'm like way <laughs> far away from the battle. I'm not, <laughs> I have no idea where I'm at." <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I used to play those all the time. So um, uh, I forget the the one the it was like a photorealistic. It was it was kind of like they had the video that was incorporated in with the the actual gaming play at the same time, and that was where they I think they revealed the cloaked Tie Fighters at that point I'm not in sure. the game. 
can't remember the which one it was, but I think video games was um, the next step where it kind of kept me in with the whole franchise and then anything and everything that I could possibly digest at the time. I remember um, the was it the was the not the Force Awakens the what was the the toy line that came out in that time period? The, was it kind of reprints at the end of it? The Power of the Force stuff. Power of the Force. I saw those in the store, and it got me so excited that I thought there was a brand new movie coming out called The Power of the Force. <laughs> and, I was, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm like, I can't wait to see it. And here I just find that it's like a whole new toy line or, right. or just a reprint of the toy. And I was like so, <laughs> so upset. Right. I'm like, they came out with that. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to say was as a kid, like uh, after Jedi came out a couple years after that, I remember there being a rumor like at school that they were coming out with a new movie for Star Wars. And that it was supposed to take place when they were all kids. And I don't know if that was touched upon in an interview by George Lucas at some point that he was like thinking about doing prequels or he had written prequels or something. But that was like this big, huge thing at my school and everybody talked about it. And then, of course, it died out because nothing ever happened. There was some varying kind of information regarding George Lucas and his plan for Star Wars. Um because like it, <clears throat> depending on what interview you go to, it, it kind of changes as to what he says mm-hmm. exactly. But you know, the one I feel like that circulated most for me in my school was that there was it was a nine part story of which we were getting the middle pieces, and the only two characters that were going to be in all nine were three PO and R two. <clears throat> that, that's what I recall, and that and that he wanted to do uh, one, two, and three first, but the the visual effects technology wasn't in a place where he felt comfortable tackling that story. But, you know, there's also interviews where he's like, nope, I had no idea. I just wanted to do a Star Wars story. And then we decided to call it four because of Flash Gordon. And, you know, so like it all depends, like kind of on which day you you catch him um, as to what his plan was. But, you know, what do you believe? Do you believe he had this grandmaster plan where he had like nine episodes written out in his head and this whole huge like, you know, outline that he was only allowed to do like a section of it because it was so grandiose? Or do you think he like just wrote one movie and it took off and, he, and he's like, well, I guess I should make some more and make some more money off of this? I think he had a plan for Vader um, specifically. And then, you know, as he started making more Star Wars films, um, then he started to kind of develop a plan for Anakin, you know, and and uh, and I mean a, a rough plan, like. Uh, but I don't think he had, you know, nine a nine part story in mind when he started out. I think I think honestly he only had the plan for four when he started out with a couple of extra mm-hmm. ideas, you know, and then you know was able to kind of hire talented people to help flesh out those ideas in the future, mm-hmm. right. Um, when you look at the original uh, scripts and everything, too, and things that could have ended up in a movie and ultimately everything was changed, a lot of that became an amalgamation uh, in the prequels. Like, he reused a ton of concepts, and I think that he always had a general story in his head, but anything that didn't make it into 4, 5, and 6 was saved for later, regardless of whether that was an original intention or not. Right. But he got his vision out there, and, you know, that's what we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, George Lucas's dark, twisted fantasy, or whatever, like the Kanye album. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, but like, let me ask you this: Do you think did that? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it did, as it did for most of us. But did that dry spell make you hungry for it? 
is um it was it was it was like always wanting something you know new to come out and when they would start doing you know like side stories that weren't really part of the official canon you always accepted that as being like the part of the the history a part of the part of the entire universe and then it wasn't until later that they said no that doesn't really count for all that stuff but i think there was enough here and there between the comics and the books and the video games that you know would keep you satisfied for like a year or two in between points for me anyway and um you know, there was other things too at that point in my life where, you know, I was, I think this was probably the early nineties then at this or late eighties and I was in high school. So you had all that that you had to worry about. Right. Um, you know, I got you get into other things too, other, other fandoms, sure. other sure. stuff like that. So it wasn't star Wars 24 seven all the time for me. So, but it was a, it was a large part of it. So I am wondering about that. Like I am wondering about that, you know, that 83 to 99 era versus the kind of, what was it? Oh, five to 15 era and how important those lapses of films are. Now, obviously the, the 83 to 99 is far different um, mm-hmm. because the merchandising and stuff stayed strong from 15 through, uh, I mean, from five to fifteen, and then also media. We had Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. But I do right. wonder how important it is for the general audience to have that absence, because it because it looks like we're heading towards another one, you know. And right. <clears throat> like I, I've been looking a lot at, uh, especially for like the Force Friday videos, on some of the more like sociological aspects of what makes those films sus- sus- um, successful. And as I've been looking at this rollout for the rise of Skywalker, it's almost with, with a, with one exception, it's almost mirroring the force awakens rollout like line for line. And I, I'm not sure I would imagine that these people that run these corporate entities are smart people, but (laughs) you know what I mean? I would imagine, I would hope, I guess, but Mm -hmm. it's just like, I think you could have just, I think what they fail to realize is because of that 10-year gap, the day before The Force Awakens came out, they could have just had a black screen with somebody going, The Force Awakens comes out tomorrow. (laughs) And it probably would have been as successful as all of their marketing rollout. You know, um, and that maybe they have to push a little harder. The the third, like typically in Star Wars, like the third film outperforms the second and the first film outperforms the second and third. That's generally how they go. Um, but I don't know. I, there just seems to be some strange, like, you know, concepts of, like, one shoe fitting every foot that uh, that I'm not sure I'm not sure is accurate. Um, so, but I know that during that era, for me, I was starved. Like, I was, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, 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 like, my stomach was bloated from being so hungry. You know, like, that look for Star Wars content, you know? So, I'm I'm often, uh, like, as we're approaching this other era, I do wonder about those ramifications of an absence of Star Wars and what it means for the fan base. Well, you start getting things like the the Ewok TV movies. Oh, those those uh, classics, those those adored classics. Yes, yes, yes. I'm familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Star Cruiser. Uh, Let's see. I... (laughs) You know what? I have that tattooed on my like, back, by the way. Star for Cruiser all the crash, ridiculous crash. in those movies, I, I, I love them. 
but for the Mandalorian coming up, and, and people have heard me say it, but like those blurred creatures, those dinosaur things in the second one, making it into the Mandalorian, like that's it's great. Probably, that's what has me almost most excited, <laughs> dude. Maybe um, second to uh, IG Eleven, just seeing the robot moving around. And let I, me I, ask you this: Which, yeah, What please. do you like more? Do you do you like the Ewok movies more, or do you like Rogue One more? Ewok movies. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Something happened. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> it was a lot of Disney Channel growing up. I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I loved those Ewok movies as a kid. You know, now I find them, you know, like, just, just, just between Bobby. you and me. Don't tell anybody, but now I find them unbearable. But or Unbearable? Anybody catch oh, that? Uh, Come on. Uh, mm. <clears throat> Bobby, Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue One or Imagine Dragons. Or what, what's your dragon? Movie? Oh, Flight of Dragons. Flight of Dragons. Flight of Dragons. I was going to say, I'd definitely take Rogue One over Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the right answer for that. Flight of Dragons. Uh, probably Rogue One. I mean, but like. I don't know. You're thinking about it. Well, too because, long. because Flight of Dragons was so adored by me as a child, um, you know. The Great Adventures of Gorbash and Smurgle versus Omadon and Briog. I, I bet you, I, as a, I am the, I would go toe to toe with any other thirty-eight-year-old man. How many characters we can name? Like a name off, you know? Like I do one, you do one, I do one, you do one, until somebody's out of ammunition. Uh, and the stakes, and the stakes are Flight of Dragons on four K for free. Mm. I take that Pepsi challenge. So. Getting into so in that era, yeah. Continue. I was gonna see in that era there was there was like a lot of things that were um, like when when was when were the Timothy Zahn books put out? What year was that? Do you remember? Nineteen ninety one. Yeah, ninety one. Right. So you kind of had that. That was very satisfying to read. You know sure. those three books for sure. Yeah, so that was like a great thing. I remember. I don't remember if it was a if it was a comment in a, an interview or something like that. I think someone asked George Lucas about those books, and he was like, you know, he's like, you know, Timothy Zahn can write what he wants, but you know, that's not really how the story goes, or yeah, something like on that effect. It's stupid. So, it's all stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> this isn't what I thought. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was that was something that kind of broke up that that whole you know dead space of time between Jedi and you know. The things and then you had the release after release after release of VHS tapes that you can buy. You could buy the originals, and then they had the laser disc, I think, before that. And right. then you had the THX versions, and mm-hmm. then then you know the special editions came out, the gold box, the silver box. So So let's slide in let's, seeing, let's slide into those a little bit. Yeah. What do you feel about those? The changes and all that? When I saw that trailer um, I can't remember if I saw it on TV, if I saw it in the theater. I think I might have saw it in the theater. It was like the, the trailer that started out with the, the small TV screen mm-hmm. and the X-Wing coming out. He's like, for years, you've seen Star Wars at this. And he's like, now you see this one. And like, you showed the whole thing. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I got a tear in my eye. I was like, oh, my God. Like, their, like, their, heads are, their heads are moving. <laughs> moving heads. We're so dumb. but it was great they were releasing it was like i think it was one a month or one every two months or something and jedi was coming out right out like the day before my birthday i was like march yeah it was in march 7th i think it was or 9th or something it was like a day or before after my birthday i was like my george lucas planned this this way just for me (laughs) (laughs) oh no doubt no doubt he's like everything everything's stupid except for jed's birthday yeah, exactly. 
so I, 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 even though the changes, you know, I didn't agree with a lot of the, the stuff that they did. Um, but it was just so great to watch all those in the theater again as a, you know, older, you know, older, like adult. What, relive your childhood. What would you say were your favorite changes? My favorite changes? <sighs> um, well, clearly Greedo shooting first. Oh yeah, that was that was that gotta be up there. That's the top two, I think, probably. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. I hated that. I'll, how about we? Well, I'll go through the stuff I didn't like. I think <laughs> one of the one of the things that I really didn't like was well, this is, they, no wait 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 no 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 because that's an oh, easy okay. that's a that's the easy oh, answer okay. to this right? Yeah, so right. let's let's down the, let's down start the dark with side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the dark way side way. is easy. Um, <laughs> So, what did you like? What were because I mean, there are good changes there for sure. Mm-hmm. I think probably it was funny because I actually liked that ring that came out when the Death Star exploded. Uh-huh. That I, actually, <laughs> I enjoyed that when I first saw that. I was like, "That's cool!" Yeah. Oh, look, it's like a it's like a wave of energy just coming out. Yeah. Like those. It is good. Uh, it is good. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about it, but it is a good change. <laughs> I agree. No, I, I sincerely agree. Like the the explosion does look more significant now. If you if you watch the original one now, it just looks like um like a fireworks set, like like the finale of a fireworks show. Yeah, I'm trying to think how many changes they put into into a New Hope. If they... So tons. There were all the aliens and stuff that were in uh, Mos Eisley, the yeah. Rontos and the a lot of walking around shots. A lot of walking around shots. Yeah, that's that's true. A lot the of like rats. Yeah, color. Millennium Falcon taken off. Yep. There's the Greedo yeah. thing we mentioned. The color palette um, changes in the like R2 going oh, through the canyon and stuff. The, the most the most Drop significant the is uh, all the X-wing and Tie Fighter bits and the uh, last bit, like take taking off from Yavin when they fly by the camera before they um you know open up the wings, getting to the Death Star. But the whole battle uh, there, they replaced almost every shot there. If you go watch the original, you're right. This is why you skip to the end of Return of the Jedi because that original is very lackluster. Yeah. I think something like any changes that they put in where you, it was either an improvement upon the original and something that just didn't like jump out at you. Like it's like, Oh, that's, you know, just there because it's there. Like those, those little floating droids as they're walking around Mos Eisley, you know, that was just annoying. They made Darth Vader's eyes black. Yeah. Things like that. Changing things to make it look better or something where you, don't really notice that it's a change because your memory thinks it was that way in the right, first place. Right, 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 so right. Those are the type of changes that I like. But the things that are just just to be put out there to to just say, hey, look, we can throw this in this frame now, and it that's I, I, those are the type of changes that I don't like. I think Rontos. So. I like yeah. the Rontos, man. I, I think the only change I don't like is the the shooting first bit it, and it's it, actually and I, i'm not crazy about the java scene either um yeah oh but you know i, I don't hate the java scene either it's like if it wasn't it's not for, a bad scene no it's just, it's java the, looks like shit and it's yeah java <laughs> java does look like shit in in the stepping over the tail bothers me like it's just like it's, it's like what is this like you know it doesn't feel I, right have you watched i mean like there's the explanation for no, that no i know but, I but know. they're so yeah. but but they're so proud of it that they came up with how to fix it <laughs> you're, yeah, right. you're right you're right you're right me. you're right yeah it was like 20 years ago so they're like you know the special he, effects back then he walks around and it, and it shifts we don't know what the fuck oh have him step on it it's fucking brilliant yeah yeah you're right you're right but that 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 little element of that scene bothers me but i like that exchange that they have you know like and i, I like i like solo saying boy yeah 
Yeah, and I like I like uh, he's well he's it's his boogie, but I like I like when um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and me boogie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you know the stuff like you know uh, where where so it's like fifteen Java, don't push it or whatever. Like I, I like that little stuff. You know that's that's that feels right to me. But it's just the walking over and the way Java looks is silly. Um, and and, and it was funny that they made like, the three and three quarter toy of that Java, and it looks just as ridiculous. <laughs> looks exactly like they yes. scanned that model and yes. made it in plastic. Yes. Terrible. When episode one came out uh, two years later, not to jump too far ahead here, but they had that Jabba that spit out the slime and came with the little yep. frogs. Yeah. That looked like Return of the Jedi Jabba, and that was a nice toy. I yeah, liked that. I agree. I agree. Um, but like. I, for the most part, I like the changes. I like I like all the the kind of hustle and bustle of Mos Eisley. Like I, I feels more mm-hmm. like an alive city to me now. Even the you know the like that doesn't drive me nuts. It's like it's like ugh, but it doesn't it doesn't kill it for me. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I like seeing the the stormtroopers on the dewbacks. You know, and and I like them having a little bit more life to them. Even though it's like, why would you ride that thing? Just walk. It's faster. Um, <laughs> You know, and I, I like uh, all the space stuff that they redid, and I like a lot of the like color palettes and opening up the world of like the Dune Sea and um, yeah. you know the caverns that R two goes through. Like I, I think that most of the changes in four are for the better. I agree. Okay. All right. And good. Plus, remember, like like at this point, it didn't matter what they changed. We we would just like eat it up because we wanted something new. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Before. It, the, the absence, you know, how important is that absence, you know, yeah. to, to the general fan base? So, so what about five? What about uh, talk about your? Let me, let me hear the positives that you liked in the changes of five. Well, the I think probably the one that sticks out the most is Cloud City. How they opened that all yep. up because it was just the white corridors. One hundred percent agree. Sky and, yeah, that's seeing, that brought a lot to like the, that whole area. Seeing the Wampa, how do you feel about that? Um, I was okay with that. I think I'm kind of indifferent. Didn't really like it or hate it. I think I think I'm with you. I'm kind of indifferent about it. I do like it ultimately, but I think as a kid, I would have loved it because as a kid, I was like, "What yes. is this? I don't yeah. understand what's going on here." Yeah, right. And that might even be why they added it in. Like, I always wanted to see the creature, and I had an art book or, or prop book or whatever when I was a kid, and it had a picture of the puppet that they used, like when he first uh, claws Luke off the Tauntaun. I'm a puppet. And that's the only reason I knew what that thing looked like. Yeah. <laughs> you got the puppet. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that the first time they showed, like, like blood in Star no, Wars? No, because it's in the arm nah. cut at the bar. When uh, Oh, okay, that's oh. right. But didn't they yeah. take that out then? later no i don't know i don't position? think so but no, no. that's that's the kind of stuff that they left in that that real hollow prop arm you know <laughs> yeah, they didn't that, fix that in the movie that didn't solder eyes for whatever reason i got a, i got a whole list of changes that they didn't do but like my my number one after that is boba fett's visor being on the wrong side in return of the jedi for a shot oh fix really that. flip flip the scene it's a, it's just a mirrored shot oh no kidding you just got to flip a frame for like like literally a second like his targeting thing this. Yes. Okay. When when uh, Leia's got the thermal detonator and he raises the rifle. Gotcha. That's something that just kind of fucks me up. Like, and you know, why would they mess with Greedo? But you didn't <laughs> fix that. Why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. So silly. Um, why wouldn't they fix it? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think all the opening up of Cloud City is is definitely the key takeaway to that. And I don't think there's any changes in five that I don't like. 
I love alert my star destroyer to prepare for my arrival. I love I, that. I, I, uh, I got a question about the Cloud City thing too. Yeah, like, is there a good reason why they didn't do that originally? Because everything was all about matte paintings back then. Uh, yeah, it would have been very easy for them to blue screen all that in. Maybe it would have just looked like too still, you know, because they have like ships and stuff Maybe. going in the background now. Um, I mean, even just a sunset. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I Maybe don't they know. thought that it would just be clouds. Now, so you see, it would be clouds. <laughs> you know what? That, that might be true. Yeah, it might be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that one. That one is the one that kind of like doesn't have a bad change. What about six? <laughs> well, I want to. I want to say the thing that I hate the most about that about Empire. Okay, was tell me. They made the Yoda's lips move. They CGI like his lips moving. Huh, you know what's funny? I don't notice that at all. Yeah, you will now. <laughs> Every time you watch it, you'll see his like lips being CGI moved outside of the the actual puppet. Huh? And I can't I can't stand that. So. And I love uh, Thumb Wars. I'm a puppet. <laughs> Thumb Wars is the, the best. <laughs> Put your tongue to mine. <laughs> I'm your mother. <laughs> 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 okay okay so um what about six six i feel like has the most i i, I think six's changes are the worst yeah because the the opening um uh what do you call that song and dance number yeah the, the old song and dance number yeah i think that's actually what it's and, and the fact it's called jedi rocks it's like get out of here <laughs> get out of here um jedi rocks. It's, I did too like self, whole, it's too self-aware i don't like it i did like I did like the whole uh, Boba Fett's the ladies' man kind of guy. Like, yeah, I do yeah. like that too. Actually, I hey, like see guys. I like having those dancers in <laughs> anyway. Like, uh, I, I'm a sucker for that though. I remember when Marilyn Manson went on tour for uh, Mechanical Animals. He had like these like sequenced like Motown era singers that would like do these choreographed dance and backup vocal things for his show and it always works for me and it even worked in Star Wars with those three alien chicks. Like, I'm just a Something about that feels right to me, I think, in any context. <laughs> um, How about the Sarlacc? Did you like the, the, the Sarlacc beak? thing? No, I don't the, like yeah, that. I don't like that at yeah, all. I didn't like that either. It, it, makes it, it, it makes it look more planty than, than beastly. Like I feel like this is like a like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Not, uh, is that what I'm thinking of? Like the not Rocky Horror Picture Show, Little House of Horrors. What is it? Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, yeah, yeah, Little House of Horrors. Um, <laughs> the Audrey too. Hey, me, Jabba. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Like, did they ever do any type of concept art or explain like what like the entire yes. Sarlacc yes. was supposed to look like? Yes, and it's uh, it's best to just let your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like a. Uh, it looks like something from like Holy Grail, Monty Python kind of fucked up art. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look anything good. Yeah, it looks like a like a little pod almost like beneath the sand, like with tentacles and things, like a tr <laughs> like a tree root, uh, but mm -hmm. but at the bottom of it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't care for that at all. Uh, what else is in there? Uh, we know the Jedi Rock song is trash. We know that the mm -hmm. beak is trash. Uh, what about the, um, and I can't keep track of what changes, which, how do you feel about the Ewoks blinking? That's the Blu-ray. All right, well, point. let's just roll it in. Let's, later. Roll, let's just roll it in. <laughs> eh, that's okay. Yeah, it Didn't doesn't really bother, bother me. me too much. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother me either. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, and this is definitely the Blu-ray, but what about, no. 
I hate that. I hate yeah. that a lot. That really yeah, that's, it kills it. I would keep Jedi Rocks yeah, if does. I could get rid of that. <laughs> I would. I would trade in Lafty Neck for just shut the fuck up at the end of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, the um, oh, the one thing we forgot to mention about Empire was how they put um, uh, Ian McDermott in uh, the hollow uh, communication oh, yeah. scene. Yeah, that was probably the best change. That's a DVD yeah. change. Yep, I like that as well. Is that a DVD? Yeah, yeah. they still had the uh, the monkey eye old lady thing going in the ninety seven. I feel like that's a lonely, lonely woman they got to do that. <laughs> but but where it's nice to see uh, Ian's face there eventually, like I think it looks much more presentable. Yep. But they changed the whole dialogue of the scene, and that it just sounds really awkward and strange. And you know George wrote that. <laughs> oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You no, know, he sat yeah. there all night coming up with the best dialogue he could. <laughs> <laughs> just crunching the numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I I don't care. I, I don't care for the dialogue as much, but I do like uh, the the scene I like how the emperor's head is huge, so to speak, and mm-hmm. I, I I like all of that much better than than that weird monkey face old lady. Um, yeah, but, Jedi. Did they did they add more ships at the end of the 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 whole big fight scene? I feel like like no. when the all the ships are coming at the the uh, cockpit of the Falcon, like it seems like there's more of them or just more going on. Maybe no, I think no. I think all they did was uh, clean up some of the uh, squares. Like, the lines and stuff that were all you know, from <laughs> That's probably posts. why it looks better. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually tells the ship and not a blob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they had the ring. Don't forget they had the ring for that Death Star. And it went in a different direction this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that tricky ring. <clears throat> That's true. What do you think we're going to have in nine? We're going to have a diagonal ring this time? Maybe. Two, two well, rings. Well, no, two no. Rings. It'll be, it'll, it's going to be a fleet of rings. <laughs> a fleet of rings. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be a ring. It'll start out on the outside and then come inward. Whoa. We'll just reverse the footage. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Um, okay, so that kind of got us back on track. Let's talk about Shadows of the Empire. How did that, how did that sit with you? Well, actually, let me, like, let, me, let, me, is... let me start here. Let me start here. Did you buy the book? Sure. Uh, I did not. Did you buy the that toys? Was like, uh, I did not. Did you buy the comic? So, I did. Did you buy the video yeah. game? Uh, I did, yes. Did you yep. buy the soundtrack? Only Gort bought it, I think, but did you buy it? Well? No, I didn't even know they had a soundtrack for okay. it. Okay, so... <laughs> That's horrifying. So two out of five. So it still, it still lands, because like, I got the book and I got the video game, and then I got the comic years later. So it, two out of five landed with me. Oh, I got the figures. So three out of five landed with me. Um, yeah, growing up, I was more of a more of a comic book collector than I was like an action figure collector. Right, so, but it is so interesting. Comics were always first. That rollout, you know, testing that rollout on a book. Like, I feel like that is something that, like, a college thesis could be written on. Um. So anyway, how did that, how did that sit with you? Because you, were were you reading all of the EU stuff, or did you kind of do the Thrawn trilogy and then back out? Uh, I was reading a lot of the the early EU stuff, okay. but like once they got into the kids and that whole storyline, um, I, I kind of dropped out of the EU at that point. Why? Um, probably, probably just because of life changes and doing oh, okay. different things. Okay. Okay. So. Not, not because of the content necessarily. No, no, okay. not okay. at all. Actually, I, I'm actually really interested in, I, I want to go back and like rediscover all that, even though it's not canon anymore or whatever, right. I don't care. But, but I've read like, um, 
read the whole thing like with Timothy's on and then uh, I remember there's a couple of books in between like after that or something but then I read um, what was the, the <laughs> couple of books that just came out the past couple of years a Death Star book I think I read and one of the Thrawn books where he was on the Outer Rim I think I read that one too okay but uh, yeah that whole time period I, I, I really liked but yeah it was like, like basically life stuff I think at, at this point I was you know in my in my 20s and Going out to you know clubs and pubs was was more important than clubs seeing and reading pubs. a good book. Yeah, that was more important than <laughs> True Sepakura. <laughs> You've never read that. <laughs> never read it. No, of course not. Um, mm-hmm. Only person that read it is that liar Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Anna. Um, what about uh, all right? So, kind of stepped out of the EU. Um, Shadows of the Empire still kind of landed because of a huge rollout. Mm-hmm. And we're rolling out the prequel era. What are your thoughts? Seeing the trailer, hearing that the news is coming, what are your thoughts? Uh, I was blown away. I was so excited. I was I was so happy. It was it was just it was amazing. I think I watched that trailer a thousand times. No doubt. Over and over and over again. Dude, it's still one of the best Star Wars trailers ever put together. Absolutely. It is. I heard you guys mention that in one of the previous shows, and I, I went back and I watched it again. And I'm like, it is, and it still works. One of the best trailer, <laughs> it does. It still works. Yeah. Like I, I, I watched it before we watched. Uh, we just recently watched them all again, and before we watched, we started. I was like, let's watch the trailer for it, and I was like, I was like, man, I was like, you know, Phantom Menace is my least favorite, and I, I, I use those words very specifically. Um, but like when I watched the trailer, I was like, man, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it was. You know, like, like, look at it. It can't be. Look at this trailer. Look at this thing. This is getting ready to be great. I, I need to give it a fresh look. You know, and then, and then I was like, oh god, whoopee. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, so Phantom Menace comes out. Yep. So, uh, I, at this point, like, we, we had over analyzed the trailer, and I was just blown away by like the whole uh, new lightsaber dynamics, like yep. of the. You know the the fight choreography and how great it was yeah. compared to like the previous ones. So um, uh, my friend, I, I was living with uh, two other guys at the time in in a house, and my other friend uh, Gary, we were like super huge Star Wars nerds, you know. And he's like, let's he's like, let's choreograph something so that when uh, at the premiere night we can like take our lightsabers and you know and reenact it in the parking lot. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> so you guys are like you guys are like cooler than your average guys, basically what you're saying. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, my other friend who was in martial arts, he had a, a Bokens. Those are the uh, yep. the wood training uh, swords. So we're out there in the front yard just clacking away in the neighborhood. <laughs> people are driving by. Nice. There's people across the street just shaking their head. We actually had someone come over and say, could you stop playing sticks in the front yard? <laughs> <laughs> There's so, a- um, but that was – they had the uh, the toy lightsabers, you know, back then you could like flick them out, mm-hmm, push the button, mm-hmm. hit them. So we went through like three of those before we realized that we shouldn't practice with those because they break so easy. So, um, yeah, so we choreographed this whole fight scene that lasted like a total of like 10 seconds. It took us weeks. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> you know, there's a there's a there's a video floating out there somewhere in the Internet ether of Adam and I doing a choreographed lightsaber fight uh, in the dark so that the, the we had the Force <laughs> FX lightsabers. <clears throat> it's in the dark so that you could see the glow of the blades better. 
and it's about five seconds long. It's pretty much clack, 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 break, and then Adam going, oh, shit. <laughs> and it's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> like, he got this lightsaber. He got the Luke one, and I had the Vader one. And we had the whole thing choreographed out slow, and then we went to run it fast for video. And on the third hit, his just snapped in half and shattered. Um <laughs> It's and you can hear the true despair in his voice. It's fantastic. If I, if I can find it, I'll put it somewhere. But I, uh, we actually we actually uh, brought a video camera with to the premiere, uh, Phantom Menace, the midnight showing. Nice. And um, we had someone record us doing it, and we have we had seven seconds of footage, and um, I went and I uh, after I think a month or two later, I went in and I I edited every frame to put in like the the rotoscoping. <laughs> Oh really? And the special effects of the uh, the lightsaber blades. Wow! And it took me forever, and it looks like trash. <laughs> you still have this? I do still have it somewhere. Yeah, you got to put that up. Okay, I put the sound effects into I, it. And I sat through so. Quiet Hill, so I I need to see this now. <laughs> it's only seven seconds, so it's tolerable. <laughs> but yeah, that was um, it was that was a lot of fun. But yeah, there was there was a guy. He was dressed up like to the nines as Darth Maul. He had the horns, he had the paint, everything. He wow. was, per- yeah, perfect. Like, and the line was super long. Man, and that was two and was... a half hours before his heart was broken. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's crazy about it. You know what I mean? Like that might have been the best moment of his life, and it was all about to go down. Like, yeah, he was like in the front of the line too. He was probably camping out there at that theater for a good day or two just to get that spot. It makes me think about the, the movie Fam, Fanboys where like the guy is like episode yeah. one's getting ready to drop and, and Seth Rogen has like the uh the tattoo on his back of Jar Jar and Anakin. Yeah. And he's like he's like he's like he's like, you know what this is? Jar Jar Binks. This guy's gonna be the shit. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, okay, how okay. many Jar Jar tattoos are out there? Oh, I know. <laughs> It's funny, uh, in this uh, chat that I'm in with uh, Jisk and Robert, I just shared a meme in there. It's like it's called the Mona Misa, and it's Jar Jar's like, uh, face <laughs> over top of the Mona Lisa. And uh, he's, he's making like this very um, like alarmed face, and it's used now as like anytime anybody says anything shocking in it, and they just post the Mona Misa. Um, so I, uh, what was I your thoughts? Up the, I oh, photoshopped the Miami's Dolphins uh, helmet. With a Jar Jar on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts on seeing it for the first time? How old and how it. and how old are you also? Uh, let's see. So, what is this? This is um, ninety nine. So, let's see. That would be twenty years ago. So, I was twenty five at the time. Okay. So, yeah, I loved it. I I I loved every second of it. It was so awesome. You know, I didn't. I love Jar Jar. I loved everything. It was just like couldn't believe. And it was funny because I was just like running out and I was like grabbing people. I grabbed my parents. I'm like, say, come here. You got to watch this movie. It's great. And I take everybody there. And and I'm like, I grab my friends. I'm like, come on. You got to go watch this. This is the best. I think I saw it like eight or nine times with like different groups of people. Yeah. Just because I was like recruiting them to. I saw the movie 12 times in the theater, man. It's the movie I've seen the most in the theater. I saw it twelve times, and like you, I was grabbing everybody I could to go see it. And um, and my buddy Mario, it was like our go-to if we were bored. We're like, man, what do you want to do? Like, I don't know. You hungry? No, not really. Want to see Star Wars? Yeah, let's go see Star Wars. I'm like, we just go see it again. Um, Did you? um, Were you sitting there in the theater, and you'd be like, like go, like lean over to like one of your friends, be like, okay, this part, this part. 
watch this part. It's really good. <laughs> well, I remember right before, uh, you know, right before those doors open for Mall at the end. Like I remember telling people countless times, like, okay, here we go. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so funny, man. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, why? I mean, so, all right. So, let me ask you this quick divergent. How do you feel about episode one now? I was actually uh, telling Gore about that earlier. Like, so for years went by, and the other ones came out, and and um, you know the the third one was always my favorite at that point because of the the long, huge lightsaber battle and everything going on. But and I hated the Phantom Menace. I thought it was I thought it was trash. I thought it was garbage. I thought it was you know political and dry, and there was so much boring stuff going going on. And like for years and years and years and years and years, that was my attitude toward it and i you know i always say oh if you want to ever get into star wars you know just watch you know four five and then two three and then six and then maybe one sunday afternoon when you're bored watch episode one um but probably about a month ago i went back and i rewatched the whole prequel trilogy again and i gotta say that it's actually my favorite now your favorite star wars film no, no, my favorite of the of oh, the, the three trash the prequels. prequels. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's the the less trash of the three trashiest. So, <laughs> see, um, it is interesting. Like, I, I like you walked out of that movie loving every second of it. I loved Jar Jar. I loved Anakin. Like, I was looking at such little minute details and making big explanations in my head of why they were okay. Um. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now it is certainly my least favorite Star Wars film ever made, uh, with the exception of the, the Ewok classics. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's so funny. I think it was just, it was like, if you know, it was not eating. You know, I hadn't had anything to eat from 83 mm-hmm. to 99, and then I was given, you know, a, a McDonald's cheeseburger with the kids' meal, and it tasted like heaven. You know, like that's really what it was for me. Um, and I didn't yeah, recognize I, its faults for years. So, like, in, I, I've been trying to be less critical of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I've been trying, I looked, I looked at these movies where instead of trying to overanalyze everything and find all the faults of it, I wanted to like just sit back and see which ones I enjoyed the most, just like overall. And, the the Phantom Menace of the three is the one that I enjoy the most, and Attack huh. of the Clones is the one I hate the most. Just going back and rewatching it. That's an interesting that. way to approach it, you know, um, because I think having watched them all recently, my two favorite saga films are five and eight, but they're probably the two I least enjoy. Mm-hmm. I probably enjoy. I might enjoy seven the most, and it's far from my favorite, but it's just, it starts and it goes, and it's just good popcorn fun until the end. Yeah. That's that's how I felt about Phantom Menace again. I was like, this is like, a, it's like a, a movie, it's like, it's all contained, it has kind of like a, a beginning and the ending, they, they go through like the, all the tropes that they have to, and it's kind of like you could have stopped it there if you wanted to, but yeah. you know, but you didn't, they didn't, of course, but 
it's kind of like kind of like um, a new hope. It's like you could have stopped it there, and, and it would have been okay. Yeah. It's like there was a beginning, ending. They even had like you know they mirrored the whole ceremony, you know, yep. marching thing, yep. awards, medals, all that stuff. And actually, you know, putting aside all the hate, you know, for Jar Jar, and just kind of accepting him for what he is, he's basically there as a comic relief, you know, and. And just appreciating him as a comic relief instead of like hating him for that, yeah, you actually enjoy the movie a whole lot more. Right. And and then when you go and you watch the other ones and you listen to the atrocious dialogue, and the bad acting, and like just the plot holes, it's just the Phantom Menace just seems to be more of a fun movie, and I actually enjoy it more than the other two and the prequels. So let me say this as well: I'm willing to go out on a limb and say it's less bad acting than it is bad directing because all I feel like that entire cast is great in everything else. Well, so interesting way that, uh, it's an interesting point. And what supports that is that you have bad writing in the originals, but they carried it. Like they got Mm -hmm. through all that content and they give you the best possible deliveries and it makes it entirely palatable. Mm -hmm. And you have different directors as well. True. True. You know, um, so, so moving into episode two, when that movie is coming out, do, are you, do you, are you still infatuated with episode one or has, had the tables begun to turn for you? No, I was, I was still, uh, yeah, I was still in like love with Star okay. Wars okay, at good. that point. Good, good, good. So how do I, we feel about episode yeah. two walking into it for the first time? Uh, I really liked that movie too. I wasn't, um. It was kind of one of those things where it was like you wanted more from it, but you didn't get it, you know? Yeah. Like, I th- it was like um, you had this adult, not adult, but like, you know, teenager or early adult like type of Anakin, and you wanted him to be, you wanted him to be more badass and less whiny and complainy and dumb over everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And you never did. You never get it, you know? You just, uh, I don't like sand. It's... Yeah, you you never get the intimidating Anakin the way you want it. You know, where where the dude would walk into a room and everybody would be afraid. Right. And but not even just that. Somebody who had a normal demeanor instead of just whiny at all given (laughs) moments. Yeah. And you get that in the Clone Wars, and that's kind of the only place. But you really need that in the movie. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not meaning to say that that doesn't count, but. Not and he was, the same way, but it doesn't. A, you know, the scales are yeah, not even. Yeah. His whole character in that is just really, like, really weird and creepy. How he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he just won't, just won't let Padme alone. He's just really, really weird. <laughs> well, can there's we, can a, we um, say I fucking on the show? <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's an interesting way that like um. Gort, who was it that we had on that said, you know, try to watch those those prequels and imagine Anakin dealing with uh, having to restrain his emotion at all times, you know, via the council and, and, and try to see his performance through those eyes. And I did try to do that when I just watched them recently. And Isn't that Esteban? No, it wasn't Esteban. It was... Um, and forgive me, I'm, I'm terrible. And, and maybe I'm getting was, that confused because it was that your was Anakin heavy. It was your friend. It was like you, it was a friend of yours that you had known forever. You played oh, Mike. Mike. Um, Mike yes, he had said try giving those films another try and and watch them through the lens of 
Anakin constantly being told to keep his emotions in check, trying not to give any emotion, et cetera, et cetera. And it does give a different flair to it. And it does. It does. It's it's hard to remember that at every turn, you know, where I was like, oh, why isn't he just going crazy here? You know, but I'm like, oh, because he, he can't. He's not supposed to. And, you know, really what you're saying, too, there, it's not dissimilar to how Jed's talking about Jar Jar. And I watched episode one the other day where we're watching them one through eight, um, you know, roll up into uh, sure. nine coming out. Sure. And where I already have, um, and, and I have the same order for the prequels as you did, Jed, um, how I feel about them now, uh, Jar Jar's not like that kind of problem. Like, it's easy to get past him because it's just, it's almost too nonsensical to be bothered with. Like, there's nothing to really to hate there. Like, he speaks unintelligible and you can't understand him uh, half the time because it, it doesn't make any sense. What Anakin does do, does make a larger amount of sense and you can make sense of everything that he does do whether you like it or not right mm-hmm. right it's, you know it's already i think less offensive than jar jar and i don't mean to really compare the two but i think there is an interesting comparison to be drawn there the way that somebody talks about one and the other there I agree there is an interest there is a there's an element of this movie that we have to to talk about because it is of importance to you um mm-hmm. which is yoda uh, using a lightsaber. But before we talk about that, we have to talk about another element, which is of extreme importance to Gort, which is where Yoda lets out his battle roar um, across the galaxy, um, which is somewhat in, in, the, in the vocal tone of... <laughs> so talk to me about both of those things. You can talk about the roar very briefly and how much you love it, and then we can continue to the, to the lightsaber. Cool. I'm a puppet. So, uh... <laughs> is it that Gord is the same type of yell as as like when he falls off of uh, uh, Luke when he's doing the the one handed handstand there on Dagobah? He's like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really not too different. <laughs> so <laughs> when um when when Yoda comes like walking around the corner, mm-hmm. like that was a great moment for me. But I was really. I was really thinking about this like before going into the movie because I remember there being rumors of like Yoda having a lightsaber and I was just like shaking my head at that. I'm like, he doesn't need a lightsaber. He's he's a Jedi master. You know, he's he's past that point, you know, where he doesn't have to, you know, do hand to hand combat type of stuff. So, you know, it came around and they and they did the whole um, you know, force powers this, you know, between him and Dooku. And that was great. And then he's like, well, I guess this won't be settled, you know, by a uh, power of the wheels or whatever. We'll have to settle with a lightsaber. And then, and I was like, no, I'm like, no. And then he did the, you know, the, the, and then his battle this, roar. Yes. Yeah. His battle roar and the flipping, spinning, you know, hopping, jumping, uh, pinwheel fight choreography, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I hated it. I hated every moment of that. Huh. I, because, like I, I was, I was, I was telling Gore earlier. I'm like, it's like one of those things where, you, where you, you know, you want to see something in a, a, a film that you've, you've been reading about, like, um, like Professor X and Magneto playing chess. You know, you want to see that. And once you see it, you're like, oh, that looks, that's, that's so cool. Right. But then, you know, you see it 20 more times in all the other movies. You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's, it's like, but like with, with me, like growing up, I, because Empire was the first movie. I like really got into that whole 
you know, mysticism of like the force and how it's connected and how everything's balanced and how, you know, between me, you and this tree and, and the rock and the ship. And it's like this, this energy. And it's like, when you, ha when you're, when you're become a master in that, you don't, you know, he even says, you know, um, luminous beings need not this crude matter. Crude. Like you don't need to be, yeah, you don't need to be physical anymore because you're, you're, You've, you've elevated beyond that point mm -hmm. and then they kind of they kind of brought him back down into that hole just you know it'd be cool to see him you know doing a whole fight lightsaber thing and it immediately reminded me of um one of the jedi video games i can't remember which one it was i think it might have been two where you we either had to choose between the light side or the dark side and one of the bad guy the bosses that you fought was like a big guy but he had this there was like a little dude and he was like hopping around the scene during the fight but it just reminded me of that that whole thing too and and it took away the whole you know this is a jedi master very a mystic type of thing and even with the emperor uh, or Sidious in the um the third movie when he pulls out a lightsaber too i was just like ah it i did i hated it because i mm -hmm. i expected it to, to be like a big force power type of battle and that's the way it would have went down and there had been a victor, and there was really no need for them to start swinging around, you know, laser swords. Interesting one. I, I think there's a stronger case there for Sidious versus Yoda to not be having lightsabers. And when there were figures and things being revealed before that movie, I did see, you know, Emperor with the lightsaber. I'm like, oh, that's never, you know, never considered that he had one. Yeah, and that's probably the same perception that you had towards Yoda. And I mean, look, well, truth is, in Empire, Yoda tells Luke, and it's probably one of his best spoken sentences: "Your weapons, you will not need them." Yeah, as he goes into uh, the cave. Exactly. Yeah, I, and I, that just ruined it. And I understand the point that you're making, um, and it makes sense to me. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's one of those things where it's like, "Nope, you're wrong. You got this all wrong." I get mm. it. I get it. Um. That being said, man, I love it. And 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 to be fair, I don't like when they play lightning catch. Like, I don't care for that bit at all. Because it just seems like that's something that should have been grander and wasn't somehow. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to throw some lightning to you. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to put it in my pocket. And then I'm going <laughs> to, you know, like, <clears throat> it just, it seemed like that's something that should have had grander consequences. Like, when he, when he caught the lightning in his hand, it's like, oh, shit. But then it's like he doesn't do yeah. anything with it. It's like, all right, man, I'm gonna put a little bit up here, and well, maybe. I, I mean, he catches it, and and like there's something casual about the scene, I guess. But it goes to lightsaber, which you would think is like a lesser thing to be doing than sure. like this wild force stuff. Right. Everybody can use the lightsaber, which is which right. is why I get his point. Which is why I get yeah. his point. But there is something about. So I I, <clears throat> I get into this discussion in a uh, another in another uh, sequence. If you were to ask me, you know, all the Star Wars movies are made that will ever be made, right? It's over. It's done. That's the end of Star Wars forever and ever and ever. If I would have rather experienced Yoda using a lightsaber than not, I'm always going to choose I would have rather experienced it. And it's it's kind of how I feel about uh, Leia doing her um, her Clark Kent impression is that when it's all said and done and, and you know, Carrie's no longer with us, mm -hmm. would I rather have had an experience where I got to see her use the Force than not? In spite of how 
it was ultimately done. And I always go back to, no, I'm, ha- I'm happy to have it. And I think that's how I feel about Yoda with the lightsaber. And, and it's, it's also, the, it's, it's the pull. It's my favorite pull of all time. And my favorite lightsaber pull. Um, mm-hmm. Because of the swag. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, if he would have just snatched it from his belt... But no, like he wants you to see it first. <laughs> like, that's, right. that's what gets me about that. Like here, you, you see that? <laughs> um, but yeah. So like, like, like Doku, right? He has like this curved blade and his like fighting style is this very, I guess it's supposed to be like this very on guard element yeah, of I like agree. a foil uh, type of fighting thing, right? Makashi no. style, I think. Oh, thank you, Makashi. <laughs> It's a very it's a very Takashi six nine style. Yes, I'm familiar. Continue. <laughs> so I mean, and then you guys, what's Yoda style? Let's spin and flip and hop as quickly as we can, and basically whirl the lightsaber. But is it? I mean, I, I did just go fact check myself. It is Makashi. Is it Makashi? Yes. Um, <laughs> but it is. It, but it isn't. Like to me, that's it's. How do you fight that? You know, like because if if. if if he's not doing that, then he's just standing on the ground, you know, using your regular kind of yeah. And and that to me would have been like, oh god, like that looks yeah, that's, that's awfully silly. You put your hand on his head, and he's just swinging back and forth, wonk, 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's what I'm saying. It, it didn't fit. It didn't for me. I just, that's why I didn't like it. No, and I get it. it and I, there there yeah. are. I mean, I have. I think you might be the first person on this show that's like, nope, not for me. But I, I'm glad to have that opinion kind of documented because it is one that's out there, and it's a fairly popular one that's out there. Is that that was a misstep. Um. But it's, I mean, like it's, it's. I guess to me, it's like, it's like saying, like, ah, Darth Maul's a misstep. It's like, well, you know, maybe, and like, I don't think you're necessarily wrong in saying that. But it's also my favorite part of the Phantom Menace. So I kind of feel that way about right. Attack of the Clones. Like, like you might be right. I'll give you that. You might be right. But if you remove that, that movie becomes far less interesting to me. Yeah, I think if they would have expanded upon the whole Force powers battle, I think that would, yeah, would have been that could have been better. Something. Because you, you already had the the lightsaber battle between you know um, Anakin and Obi Wan and Doku, but yeah. I, I think like you know like 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 Gord said like when when you when you watch the original tri- trilogy and in, in, in Jedi you see the Emperor, you never ever think in any of those scenes he would bring out a lightsaber and start fighting Luke. He would never do that. Like he was too powerful. He's too, the lightning's coming out of his fingertips. You're like he doesn't need a lightsaber. Well, so see, and I, I agree, but my argument for that is that he doesn't need a lightsaber for Luke. Okay, you know, like, yeah, I, so I, I get what you're throwing at. I, I see what you're saying, but I, I would I would see if I if I mirrored that with Yoda as Yoda being like you know the the top tier Jedi. And insidious, the top tier Sith, then he wouldn't need one. He wouldn't need a, a lightsaber either, and you'd have this big, huge, like force power battle instead. So, but that's that was my that was my vision of how right. I took those characters. I didn't. I never ever saw them as being that way. But then, did you ever wonder, like, when Yoda said, you know, like, oh, nine hundred years old, you become good. You will not like. What he looked like at a hundred was he was he as tall as like a five foot person? I mean, did he shrink over time? Full was he really really ripped? Full, I was gonna say yeah. it, Gort. God damn it! <laughs> Beat me to it. Full head of hair. Full head. 
full head of hair flowing in the breeze. <laughs> um, you know, he's, he has like three lightsabers, like in different weird, you know, patterns. And he's like just kicking ass everywhere. You know what else I love about that scene is when he reaches and grabs the cane back after it. Yeah. Uh, that's like another one of my like little favorite bits about that. There was a there was a TV trailer. Yeah, <laughs> <My> back. <laughs> um, there's a TV spot for that 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 is fantastic. Of um, it's it's because Spider Man Two came out that year, and it was Spider Man Two was killing it numbers wise, and there was a TV spot that like used the Spider Man font, and it was like this summer. <sighs> be sure to see the number one action hero. And then it cut to Yoda pulling the lightsaber. (laughs) 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 That I always uh, kind of adored. And then the other thing I remember about that is George Lucas did an interview for part of the rollout and said, you're going to learn why they call him master. And I remember like being like, Oh shit. And then Hmm. I didn't, and then I didn't feel let down, but, um, I saw that movie with my best friend Adam, and we both walked out of there loving that. But then within 24 hours, he was like, "No, actually, I don't like that." The more I think about it, I don't like it. But I, you know, to this still to this day, it's it's one of my favorite things. But I get it. You know, it's one of those things mm-hmm. like I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, but I'm not sure if I if if a force fight between Christopher Lee and Yoda is like I think I'd be much more interested to see it with Sidious than with Christopher Lee's well, old ass. He kind of got some of it, like within uh, Revenge of the Sith, because he, like, during the council fight, right, uh, he was like, taking the big, huge, you know, like spinning right. council mm-hmm. seats or whatever, and throwing it, and he was like stopping it, and then yes. just throwing it back and stuff. So he kind of had that that power kind of balance thing going back and forth. And that's something that makes that whole fight a lot grander, too. You know, like, listen, I love that Yoda fight in episode two, but the Emperor fight between Yoda might be one of my favorites. Oh ever. yeah, it's great. Yeah, especially when he when he walks in through the door like a boss and just knocks those two guys out against the wall. Yeah, swaggy, (laughs) so swaggy. Um, it's the casual nature of it. Like, first of all, let's get these guys out of here before we continue, right? I mean, let's not let's not let's not allow these distractions to stop us from getting down to business. Uh, It's so good, but I do. But uh, so let's move into episode three a bit. But I I do feel like, um, when he pushed Palpatine. Like and and Palpatine goes over the desk and into the chair. They stay on mm-hmm. that a little too long, where it starts to feel a little Three Stooges to me. Like whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, and like you go like <laughs> into the chair, and he's like, it's like almost like like his, <laughs> like his underwear would be showing underneath, and it would have hearts on it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but but real quick before we dive fully into Episode Three, so where did Episode Two rank for you, even with your distaste for for the kind of Yoda lightsaber scene? How did you feel about the movie overall? That's that's uh, my least favorite Star Wars movie out of all of them. Copy that. Yeah. All right. So then, where does that put you in terms of anticipation and kind of excitement for Episode Three? So, I think you know during two like when um, when Anakin kills all the the um, sand people. Thank oh, you, sand n- people. N- native Tatooiners, as we say now. <laughs> <laughs> no relation. <laughs> 
so like at that point you're like yes like this is i'm gonna get the the badass you know anakin that i always wanted and you do for like what five seconds i think right right and then then he slips back to the whiny creepy anakin so but in episode three at least it was it was better you know because he wasn't that creepy anymore because him and, and padme were together so um he didn't have that kind of date rapey type of character to him so <laughs> do you think that's how george operates around women let's keep it real <laughs> i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say he's writing from firsthand experience and how he deals with women he just keeps telling them how much he's been thinking about them yep, day that, in day out that every he... every woman he's ever fell in love with he's just like longingly looked at for an awkward amount of time <laughs> and said weird things until they finally just break down. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, man, I hope oh, not. That's probably weird. sooner than not when he mentions that he slaughtered them like animals. <laughs> Dude, Kevin Smith, oh. Kevin Smith said it. <laughs> Write what you know. <laughs> She's like, this guy wasn't, he was kind of creepy, but now he's like, he murdered all these people. He's yeah. kind of hot now that he's a murderer. You know? I think there's a lot of rocks <laughs> in his backyard. You know, I still, you know, I, I know, and I, I know it's like a joke, but I, I love that, 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 you know, I, I, I slaughtered them, like all of them, the men, the women, not just the men, but the women and the children too, their animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I, I love that bit, you know, before he, mm. before he has the emotional breakdown, which kind of kills it for me, but. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing that's helping that scene is the music. Well, no, the music never hurts any scene in Star Wars, I feel like, except for this Jedi Rocks. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, you know, what's really funny is that um, I was dating a girl named Annie. Back then, when this no. movies were coming, I was yeah. Oh, reverse so my creeping. friends, yeah. So my friends, <laughs> my friends would scream her name all the time, like Annie. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Um, okay, okay. So real quick, because uh, we talked about trailers a bit. So to me, episode one's trailer and episode three trailer are the best Star Wars trailers ever made. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Well, except for the the, the uh, re-release in the theaters trailer, that was that was awesome. With the, the TV and yeah. X-wing. See, I want to give you episode one. I, I uh, two two had a trailer where it just gets into the Clone Wars and it made that movie look epic, which it's not. And I don't know. <laughs> no, I, it's not. I, that trailer though, I'll have to find it and send it to you. But that is that the, is probably the, my favorite. Not the breathing one though, right? Because that one never landed with me. And 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 I'm not saying it's the best, but it's my favorite. Are you talking about the land the breathing one? Um, no, it, okay, it opens that, up with that the, was the teaser, I guess. No, it's more, I think it's like the third or fourth, like major trailer. That okay, it opens okay. up with like the, uh, the, like the brass beats from, uh, right before Luke would be getting thrown into a Sarlacc. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I will not let this Republic, uh, be split in two. Gotcha. And then it just mm-hmm. gets right into the action and shows you all the clone war shit. And it's, it looks amazing. <laughs> nice. It looks amazing. We're going to get a whole movie of Clone Wars. There's <laughs> yeah. stormtroopers in this movie and <laughs> Jango Fets. <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know we were getting exactly what was in the title. Um, and, then, and then we get, uh, hello, Dexter, like in the diner. Like, that's what we get. <laughs> How big your <gasps> pocketbook is. <laughs> where, where was that guy again? <laughs> I don't know. That dude needs a, uh, needs a Hall's mentaliptus, though. Um, so, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, moving into episode three, how did you feel about it? Where were your excitement levels dealing with? Cause by, by this point, your, your feelings on episode one has started to change. You're not in crazy. You're yeah. not, you're not crazy about episode two. So where's your excitement level for three? I wanted, I wanted it to be like that redemption movie. I wanted it to be the things that I wanted, 
the you know the Clone Wars and everything else before that to be for a Star Wars movie. I think because a lot of people for, felt that way. For years, you you know, even in the beginning, you know, I can't remember where it was referenced. If it was referenced in the novel or whatever, but they said that, you know, Obi Wan and Anakin had a fight on a like a volcano or mm-hmm. a, a you know lava planet or something like that, and basically that like carried throughout the mythos in the back of everybody's heads forever. Yeah. And then you finally got it, you know, in this movie, which was fantastic. You think must that have I said something like that in an interview, but uh, I want to jump in real quick. In the early 90s, there was a uh, Star Wars screensaver program that I had. And one of them was like just, just information instead of like animations. It was mostly like droids walking around. But one of them was like a title screen that explained uh, the relation of Obi-Wan and Anakin and that fight at a volcano. And I remember reading that when I was maybe five. And that's all I ever wanted. And I I don't, well, you know, I'll let you go. That's your story there. But like, you know, it's always been there. Yeah, I I don't know how either. Like, I, I remember it being a thing as well and not knowing why. Like I'm like like mm-hmm. like like almost like the, the what is it the the Mandela effect or whatever where like every everybody yep, knew right. it was a thing but nobody can like pinpoint I'm sure there's someone that can but like I I knew that they had this fight on a volcano also but I, I couldn't tell you why it's just every it's just you, you, the same reason why I look at Optimus Prime and I know it's Optimus Prime I can't tell you why it's just I wouldn't know what else to call it I think it's like one of those things where they're trying to explain Darth Vader and why he has so many different like biomechanical things in his body. And like they, I think they go into like maybe like a short exposition of how, you know, he was burned really badly during this fight. It might have been actually Obi Wan telling the story, but yeah, it's it was probably in one of the novelizations. I'm thinking maybe or gotcha. maybe or yeah. or interview like that. So right, right, right. <clears throat> but the only thing about that fight that I didn't like was that they had the same color lightsaber. They should have gave uh, Anakin a red lightsaber. And then you could kind of see the the difference. The of the you know the good the bad type of like well, um, contrast. The way that they explain how the red lightsabers come about in the current canon uh, would have had a, actually a really interesting fit for that movie. That's like true. The dark side of the force is potent and corrupts the crystal to the point where it turns red. That's true. And that would yeah. have been would interesting have been cool. if it changed color during the fight. I don't know if that's a change I'd want them to go back and make, but that that would be kind of neat. Yeah, his, well, his eyes changed. So yeah. Not? Well, Obi- so so Obi Wan's eyes changed <laughs> but, but too. That, but that looks like you know that looks like there's a full moon out. You know, <laughs> with the yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, like it's werewolf like, vampire business. Let's not forget. <laughs> that, I'm not knocking. <laughs> let's not forget that Obi Wan's eyes change color in those scenes too. Yeah, were they all black? They go from blue yeah, to they brown. Get pretty beady looking. They go from blue yeah. to brown because his his natural eyes are brown, but he had blue eyes for the you know the yeah. character. But the, some of it's not right. Like there's continuity issues there. Um, uh, the part when they use the the when they were doing the force push against each other, you yeah, know, in the middle of the fight, and yeah. then they knocked each other up with that. I love cool that. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, that fight is, uh, I, I think I think it is the most epic and grand, and I think it always should be. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. any lightsaber fight should ever compete with that ever. I think it should always be the pinnacle because it's it's such a, a important moment to the lore. And you get beats and callbacks from like Empire, where like they're fighting through the hallway. You know, yep. it's it's there's a lot of a lot of like little small references they like kind of don't think. But like that whole speech, and him just like you know flipping a switch and become 
becoming super evil like out of nowhere. It just that part didn't really sit with me. I knew that it had to happen. Wait, which but, which, which speech are we talking about? Are we talking about the Palpatine Vader speech or the Obi Wan? Only Sith steal in absolutes. Yeah, that, that one. I the Obi Wan. See, I love really? that one. The Palpatine He's one like, seems a little forced to me, but I love that one. Yeah. He's like, my new empire. And I was <laughs> <Yeah>. like, eh. <laughs> God. <laughs> like, you know what? It really is like a trigger there. I, I've always felt that that worked. I mean, it, it's definitely sudden. It's a movie and all that. And you, you get some touches of him being darker in the prior uh, film also. I mean, there's you know, some, some meat for it. Yeah. My, my, mm-hmm. my favorite beat in that whole thing is when he's talking to Padme and she's like, Obi-Wan was right. And he's like, I don't want to hear anymore about obi-wan <laughs> like i love that like for for it's i i can hear james earl jones saying that line for one but like i also know that vibe like i know like like look i'm tired of talking about this dude all right we're not talking about him anymore for the rest of the day are we yeah. are we clear on that you know <laughs> i love that <clears throat> i don't think I, I i ever want to hear james earl jones say the word padme again that just doesn't work for me <laughs> no <laughs> Did we, Is Panda okay? Did, what, did, you, did, you, <laughs> did you ever see the uh, deleted scenes from that? It's, pre- uh, it's, it's pretty epic. So he goes, where is Padme? And then the Emperor's like, it appears in your anger you killed her. And then he goes, where are my legs? And my... <laughs> <laughs> Pierce, your anger, you slice them off. Yeah, what about my arms? <laughs> I never saw it. I never watched it. No, it doesn't exist. Um, no. just, 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 just in my own personal headcanon, does it exist? Where are my legs? Actually, my, shout out to Shoulders. Uh, my buddy Shoulders used to make that joke all the time. He said there was two deleted scenes in uh, Revenge of the Sith that never get the, the right amount of shine. That's one. And then the other one is when Yoda lands in um, the, the dude from Law & Order's car or whatever. Uh, Jimmy Smith's <laughs> car. Uh, Jimmy, Smith's like, <laughs> Jimmy Smith's like, what happened? And Yoda looks up at him and is like, or Jedi teaching. Uh, it was like... Uh, was uh fuck it I'm not, I fucked the joke up but like whatever that joke is like uh um if you fight in uh he oh he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day <laughs> <laughs> there was um there was a meme going around like like a couple of months ago where it, it um had the scene where he's like don't try it Anakin I have the high ground and like the next panel shows like. Uh, a classroom where they're teaching about the high ground and he's absent that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, but, but, uh, given all of those, those elements, um, how did you feel about that movie walking out of it? And then in, in retrospect, applying that to the two previous films oh, to kind oh, of view oh, the trilogy as a whole. Yeah. I liked it. I was happy with it. Yeah, it was too. good, you know, and except for the, the whole, I mean, there's a lot of things in the movie that, that was, just didn't make sense it was kind of dumb but it kind of it kind of like you know tied up a lot of, of like all the loose ends or, or most of them anyway for me for when i when i watched it like the um how they he ref- referenced uh qui-gon and how you know how they were right. you know, able to come back you know yep. with the power or the force I, I you really know uh, how you appear as a spirit there yeah yeah, Liam Neeson probably didn't want to have anything to do with it at that well, point. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I did hear that there was some beef between Liam Neeson and, and George Lucas, but I can't really? find any evidence of it anywhere. 
Like, I remember that being a rumor, like, that there was some huge fallout, you know, between the two. But but every time I see Liam Neeson talk about it in interviews and stuff, he always seems to speak kindly of it. And same for Lucas, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's just some, you know, uh, you know, Marilyn Manson got a di- uh, rib removed kind of bullshit rumor from that era or... Um, that's the second Marilyn Manson drop might, in this. Might have been because he was he like abstained from like anything that was, you know, reference to his character throughout the years. I right. think I don't think he don't don't know if he did the voice in the Clone Wars or not. If they got somebody else, I can't remember to do it. No, I know that season six. I think it was him. They got him. Uh, back season six. Yeah, that was oh, like good. Years, years, years later. Right, but good. But true. Because I mean, like in the don't sit up on the, your high horse and do Taken sixteen at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like, give me a break. Is yeah. 16? Well, I don't know. In my, <laughs> in my, in my, in my headcanon. Bobby's throwing, like, all types of deleted scenes and stuff like that out there. And I'm like, I didn't see this. And I'm like, oh, it's imaginary. Yeah. <laughs> That's the world I live in. <laughs> only, only part of it's real. Um, because um, in, in uh, Revenge of S- Sith, when Yoda's sitting there meditating, and he hears, like, supposed to be Qui-Gon's voice go, you know, Attica, no, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. very not sound like Liam Neeson at all. It's you can tell that it's something no, I think that's digitized. Just, no, it sounds that, like him to me. That they were that, no, it's, it's the, him. But oh, I, it I is him just, to record that. I think it's just clips from the from right, episode right, one. Right, 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 right. So they could have record, re-recorded it, but they didn't. So it's possible yeah. because he didn't have any involvement with those movies or the franchise after that for very long. Right. That that whole rumor might have started with beef against him and George Lucas. So what um so, so, but you know that is that is something else that's important to think about. Is like I do feel like Revenge of the Sith was kind of for, for better or worse. Like it's, it was kind of everybody was kind of on board with it. Like there's people that are like, eh, it's fine, you know. But like the hate wasn't there for Revenge of the Sith like it was for the previous mm-hmm. two, and it did really alleviate the pressure. Like like the pressure was building, and it was like a pressure relief valve, and it just let off a lot of the pressure of like angry fans. And right. that is an element to Star Wars trilogies that, like, I feel like we forget is that, like, there's... Like, it's not over till it's over. And you don't know what's going to be done to make you feel differently about what has already come. And I feel right. like, you know, that's a prime example of it. Um, And I, for the most part, I mean, that hate didn't... You know, the, the those movies, the legacy of those movies survived far more than the disdain by the kind of older fan generation. It's like any fan base, right? You have the the original, you know, G1ers who wanted to be exactly how they remember it when they were kids, and then you have the kids that are in this generation, of these this generation of movies who they love it and they don't really, you know, like the originals that much. So the kids that grew up when they were younger and they their first experience was the prequels, that's their original, you know, trilogy for them. Right. And then you have like the kids growing up now who are watching this trilogy, this is going to be their original, you know, Star Wars for them. Yeah. And then you go back and reintroduce those other movies, but it's always going to be like their first impression. So as they get older, they're they're going to always want to have that nostalgia of them remembering their first experience with it, even if it's garbage compared to like the other stuff. You're still going to hang on to it because it's that's what resonated with you as a child back then. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that more in the past couple months as we've watched the movies again than ever, where, you know, my kids, uh, definitely sequel trilogy kids, and, you know, as we're moving through the films, I mean, they get excited here and there, like, oh, I like this part, or I like that part, but, like, when we got to seven, they're like, finally, God, 
you know, like, <laughs> you know, r- r- you know, my, my, my oldest actually is, it's, it's even like more specifically like my oldest who was, you know, in 2015, she was, uh, seven, you know, when she, when, when, when she saw force awakens, like she when, like when, when we got ready for seven, she was like, yes, you know, Ray and you know, all the, like, here we go. And then mm-hmm. my, my, my middle child, when episode eight came on, she was like, porgs, you know, like, like. And she was a bit younger, obviously, when when eight came out, and a little maybe too young for seven. So like eight is her film, you know. And it's like it's so interesting to me. Um, Did you ever have that problem with your kids that I had with my kids? Is that you tried to introduce them to something, but you've like oversaturated them with it too much, and now they don't want to have anything to do with it for a while? Um, so I have, ironically. Um, Star um, Star Wars, like they love it, but they're not like avid fans of it. And and I, which I think that Star Wars, it's 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 more. There's more of a diverse sense of media about it. So like, they prefer <laughs> Seven, Eight, Clone Wars, and Rebels. You know, because they're kids and they like mm-hmm. cartoons, and then they're growing up with this trilogy. But like, Rebels is a great series. Yeah, yeah, but like all the other stuff, like Transformers. I feel like they're oversaturated with and not because I'm like, come on, we're going to sit down and we're going to watch Transformers, but because like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, but because like we had to do a Transformers convention this weekend. So you're not going to be able to mm-hmm. just sit at home on the couch. We have to go to this thing and, you know, or, mm-hmm. or like there's Transformers sitting around the house all the time and like, oh, I, I, I you know, I like, hey, look, we, we can watch a movie tonight, but right now I got to go to do this Transformers review. So I think there's actually my kids have a little resentment against that franchise, you know, more so than the other stuff. Whereas, like, they're much more into, like, Star Wars, DC, and Marvel than they are into, like, Transformers. Right. And But to be fair, there's nothing really Transformers for them. You know, like, the, the, the shows don't, the new shows don't resonate with them. And the, that franchise isn't really doing anything for this generation aggressively like it did for mine. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, I I know the vibes, but it's it's. I think I think the reason why my kids have a little resentment towards that stuff is a little bit more complicated. And I'm sure they'll be on somebody's couch telling somebody for sixty dollars an hour at some point. But um, what are you gonna do? Can't win them all. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they'll fucking sit back for a second and be like, oh well, at least he paid for my college where I can get a decent job and fucking go to this shrink. <laughs> you know, like. But you know what? Like you're talking about how they still have an enjoyment from star wars at all even if it's not every bit of it and proportionate you know from one thing to the next they might like you know the newer content more right hey at least they like it right yeah no exactly exactly so if if you take that where you've tried to introduce something to like your kids and then you keep pushing something on them to the point where they're just like ah, i really don't i'm tired of it it's it's or if like or like you said uh bobby where it's like actually you get to the resentment point you know you're like ah, i resent someone for trying to do that i think that's kind of like what happened lately with a lot of the movies being released it was just too much you know coming out too quickly and people either got really tired of it or they started resenting it because it was just they felt like it was being pushed on them to be like my issue with that is that the numbers don't reflect that that's my issue with that. Like, is that every Star Wars film in this like like you know the most populated era of Star Wars media that we've ever seen in history has done extremely mm-hmm. well, with one exception that was marketed differently. Like that's 
that's my beef with that argument is that like because I and obviously I'm a fanatic. I'm a fanatic of this franchise, so they could they could marvel yeah. this for me. They could put out three Star Wars films a year, and I'm going to be there opening. Oh yeah, night. me too. But yeah, <clears throat> but a, a, a true a truth that goes into what you're saying too. You look at something like Marvel, which is kind of a format I think they were meaning to emulate, and I don't think they're going to attempt that now. Agreed. Uh, right. Not for the movies, maybe maybe shows and other things. But you look at the Marvel movies and you see what an Iron Man or an Avengers did next to an Ant-Man, and that's what Solo is. Right, right. No, I agree. But but at the same time, like, I, I They agree. shouldn't be looking at that as a failure. Yeah, and, and they should be putting a different sort – those spinoff films and all that should be getting a different type of budget. Like, everything should be approached mm-hmm. differently. Um, they shouldn't be trying to make – you know the the Star Wars saga impact with every Star Wars film. They should you know bring it's the right tool for the right job. And would, go ahead. Would you have wanted to see Solo as a TV series <clears throat> with seasons as opposed to a movie? Uh, in hindsight, probably. But maybe a mini series, even like yeah. just a one shot, like a couple episodes. Like this Obi Wan show is supposed to be six, I think that they said um, that's the solid number now. So if you had six episodes of Young Han Solo, I think that would have been great. And then you just move from one adventure to the next, or yeah, because you, I, like you, look, you had the, like, the Kessel Run and the ship it, and the gun and the Wookiee all in one movie. If you separated that out in individual episodes, that would have been great. But yeah. you could do so much with like Han, like just all that stuff that he did, like all his smuggling, all his. Well, all and the, I think they had plans too. I think they had cinematic yeah. plans too until mm-hmm. you know it didn't perform. You know, and, and then and then when it didn't perform, there were sixteen YouTubers saying we're the ones responsible. And I was like, eh, well, no, not really. <laughs> you know, like 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 because like and <clears throat> we can use this as kind of jumping into like the sequel era. But like my biggest argument with with that specific view, like oh, it was the boycott. I was like, well, then why did the last Jedi DVD was like the highest selling DVD of the year with the behind mm-hmm. behind Infinity War, which did stupid numbers. You know, like yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't add up, you know. It's much more likely that the the ball dropping on what Solo was and what it meant and how it was rolled out is like it's much more likely to have had the grander impact on on the. I mean, like I also think that one of the problems is <clears throat> the reason why Marvel can be so successful is because even though they're just spitting out the same formula over and over and over again, it's different. So you have Guardians of the Galaxy, you have an Avengers film, and you have, you know, Ant-Man or whatever. Those are three vastly different films. But I think that the Lucasfilm conglomerate is so scared to step away from episodes four, five, and six that they're losing sight of the bigger picture. That you can right. do different genre styles of movies within Star Wars, mm-hmm. but they're just so worried about like, oh my God, what what's left to explore? Oh, you know what we forgot? Guys, guys, sit down. That guy, uh, Bo Boshek, we forgot his helmet. We can make a whole movie about how his helmet uh, made it to the bar. So Luke Skywalker grew up with the helmet. He he he, he mailed it. He teleported. We're bringing a new a new uh, technology. He teleported the helmet to Jabba. Jabba teleported it to Darth Vader. Darth Vader actually wore that helmet instead of his helmet for a year, and then he sent it to Obi Wan as like a let's get over the bad times thing as like a peace offering, and then that's how it ended up back in the cantina. On you know like it's just like they're so scared to just you know get away from that era that they end up fucking oversaturating it and it's not that they're oversaturating us with star wars they're oversaturating us with original trilogy shit mm-hmm. yeah 
pardon. You should pitch movies, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) I could see you in the boardroom with your fingers out like guns, just explaining everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm big on that. Usually, my finger going into the gun usually precedes me saying, "You motherfucker." Um, All right, all right, all right. Let's. All right, sorry. Okay, Um, so Disney acquires Star Wars, and how do you feel about that at the time? I, I was I was happy. I was super yeah, happy because because I was like, man, like Lucas is on a runaway train right now. What's going to happen next? What's what's the next accident that's going to happen? Because the next accident, yeah, the next accident, the next train wreck that you can't <laughs> take your eyes away from. Because it, it's been said many times, um, he just had uh, surrounded by a bunch of people, just said yes yeah. to everything that he wanted, and no one would stand up and basically say, George, that's. That's really dumb, and that's not going to work because they want to, you know, anger the Lucas. So, well, and I also himself, think nobody wants to be the guy that said episode four is dumb, right? You know, there were so many people that probably lost their jobs over passing on episode four. That like when he's like, "Look, I got this idea. We're going to bring in these frog creatures. They're going to fight a whole bunch of droids that look like number two pencils." And you know, like, I, and I, I think everybody's like, "Uh, yeah, sounds good, brilliant, yeah, brilliant." Um. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, but I, I, but I, I get both sides of that. Like, I think you're right, and I think that he, Lucas needs checks and balances because he's completely fucking insane. But um, at the same time, I understand why people could be like, man, I don't want to be the guy to say Star Wars is dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's why you don't want to lose your job, basically. Right, and I, I think that's why Han Solo is so important. Like, and I, I mean, as a as a character. And and we haven't really had him since, which I think is a is a huge misstep in Star Wars. Is like you need the guy inside the universe to constantly remind you it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, so that's, the whole all the prequels completely didn't have any of that. Correct. So that's yep. correct. Um. So um. So Episode Seven comes out, and you see that. And how do we feel about that? I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I saw it with my friends and it was, it was cool. I was, I was, I really, really uh, like seeing Harrison Ford on the screen again, you know, mm. except for the part when he's not, but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> and I, and, and it's funny cause you reflect back and you look at all these interviews about the movie, like and how happy he is to be doing like mm-hmm. promos for it and right. stuff. And you're like, why is Harrison Ford suddenly so happy to be doing a Star Wars movie? Whereas before he was like, I'm never doing one of these again. It's all trash. You know, I hate it. Right. But it's because, you know, he dies. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about doing any more of them. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think you're 100% correct in that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did uh, moving in. To, let me ask you this, because you're, you're older at this point as well. Where is your collecting at? if at all, in regards to Star Wars? Like, where, where does your money go to Star Wars at this age, at this time, aside from Man, movie I, tickets? I, I really wanted to get into the whole Black Series and stuff, and I, it was like one of those things where I knew that if I bought one, I would just be spending, like, thousands on it later. So, And well, I can tell you with for certain that... Uh, Black Series is it doesn't stop and it only makes you want to get more. So I could tell you that for sure. So did it did it prevent you from going down the rabbit hole or did you dabble? 
No, I just I, I just kind of dabbled in some stuff. I, I bought a couple of uh, figures here and there. I really wanted to get like you know the the ships and stuff. I bought um I bought an ATST I think and just like some random stuff here and there. But I didn't want to get like really involved in it because I didn't want to start a whole another line where I was spending all this money on this line because okay. I knew that I would just be spending thousands of dollars like like I did with Marvel Legends. I like oh, I'll just get a few and now I need all the teams, I need all the, you know, variants and and I have like hundreds of those and I didn't want to do that with Star Wars. Quick so. quick divergence. Are you going to go in on the Age of Apocalypse X Men? You know, Age of Apocalypse doesn't do it for me. Me too. So no. Me too. Okay, I'm, good. I'm, I'm completely I'm out. I'm with you. Yeah. Um so are do you collect any Star Wars stuff? Do you buy any Star Wars stuff as an adult? Yeah, actually, um, I bought uh, a bunch of Play Arts Kai. Uh, I got Vader and Boba Fett and the Stormtroopers, and I love it. I think it's awesome. Are you going to get them all? Just finish off the set? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So I feel like that's one of those things because you're so close. You're like, oh, I got them all at this point. Yeah, it's like one of those things where like his price like fluctuates, so I'm just kind of trying to see if I can find a good deal right. on him. So okay. Because Fair enough. But do you, I, you have I, I was just curious. Guys, right? I was just curious as as a uh, you know because because it, it seems like collecting wise you you've kind of only really dabbled in Star Wars your whole life. True. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I agree with that. I mean, mostly it's like been comics and books and stuff like that. And I, I bought a really nice art print of the Falcon. I was telling Gort earlier. It kind of has. Um, it was from the Bottleneck Gallery. Uh-huh. It has like this gold flake type of paint to it, and it's like a picture of the Falcon in like the hangar, and it has like through the three original trilogy movies of different people standing on it. Right, right, right. So, so That's it has cool. like kind of like Luke, Luke and Obi Wan, and everybody like in the New Hope, and then it has like Han working on it, and Empire, and then and Lando standing there in Jedi. That's cool. All right, so let's let's <clears throat> let's dig back into the Disney stuff then. Um, mm-hmm. So the next one would be Rogue One. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, that was great. It's fantastic. I'm not like Gort where I hate it. I, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look at look at Gort's top three things ever. It's the Yoda roar. It's you know what I mean, like it. Ewok TV movie. Ewok TV <laughs> movie one and Ewok TV, TV movie two. So, <laughs> what do you expect I, from this guy? I, I talked to my mother the other day, and she. Oh, now we're bringing moms into it. Okay. <laughs> oh no, no, you're, you're gonna like this. All right. Uh, she hadn't caught up with all the new Disney movies, but she knows that nine is coming out. She goes, "Well, I better, I better do that." So she calls me up to tell me. She's like, "I watched, I watched episode seven, and it, and it was good." And I'm like, "Cool." We we discussed it for a minute, mm-hmm. and she goes, "And then I watched Rogue One. That was great." She's loving Rogue One. And I'm like, "I am not your son." <laughs> so <clears throat> it's funny. My my dad feels the same way. My my dad hasn't really loved the Star Wars movie since Return of the Jedi, but loves Rogue One. Um, that's so interesting. But not yeah. that not that my dad is at it, all the measuring stick for what's cool. I can assure you like, that. Like no matter what, without discussing it, it's not the same kids' movie that everything else is. It's just completely different tone. That's what it is for a lot of people, yeah, non Star yeah. Wars fans. I think, and I think it might be the last time we get kind of a more adult oriented Star Wars film. I think it might be the first and last time. Do you think it's like a like kind of like uh, a dirty dozen type of feeling? <clears throat> no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. no? I, I, I want to say yes to that, like, <clears throat> I, like first thought, but ultimately, no, no. It feels more like Similar. Band of Brothers or something to me. Like, <clears throat> it, 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 do, it maybe more like that, but not, not, not a uh, dirty dozen. Okay. 
it, it feels very militaristic for Star Wars. Like it feels like more like a soldier movie to me than it does what's anything else. Gore, what's the thing that you hate the most about that movie? Like what really brings it down for you? Um, I think it falls apart in the editing overall. Oh, okay. Like it, it, it is a, it's a victim of its circumstances with uh, uh, directors and production overall. Hmm. I, I think that I would actually, I'm actually very curious to see what a more um, rough cut of that movie might have been before, um, you know, the next team had stepped in. I would be curious. And I don't that. know that I would like that more, but I'm, I'm real curious because the trailers had me super hyped for the movie. Can I tell you what I hate most about it? Sure. A Star Wars story. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate that. The, the whole yeah. jingle and the title appearing, it didn't doesn't sit right i like um i think they originally were going to call it like star wars anthologies or something like that that sounds so much better to me it does than a star wars story and that's the big kid word for the big kid story right 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 exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) i agree i mean you're right that they gave us the happy meal not the burger king uh kids club correct correct (laughs) um all right so then let's get into the the shits as it were the last jedi I was like, I was one of those people that that I really enjoyed that movie a lot. I wasn't the opposite where people went online and they were ripping it apart because of like you know, uh, Superman, Leia, and you know all the other things like the um, light speed, you know, uh, solution at the end and right. you know, everything. I I thought all that stuff fit. Yeah, and. It was one of those. It was one of those few movies where it actually like left a um, an emotional like impact at the end because when yep. when everything was all said and done and like Luke was like you know sitting on the rock or whatever or leaning on it or I forget what it is and and he just disappears it was like oh, you're like oh no you're like you never you, I didn't see that coming yeah I didn't yeah, see yeah. him going you know I thought he'd be in the next movie you know and. Uh, it, it was funny because the whole theater, like all, all everybody in the theater, had this big intake of breath. They went, <gasps> right, 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 and then right. it was just quiet. Yeah. So it also like I uh, love it. Speaking of quiet, uh, having just I just watched it recently, that moment of silence right as the light speed attack is done, I love mm-hmm. that. And I think yeah. it, it might be the only moment of silence in any Star Wars film. I feel like like no music, no dialogue, no oh. sound effects, no nothing. I could be wrong. But like it seems that way to me. If if it's not the only, I feel like it's the longest for sure. It's definitely going to be the longest, and it probably is the only. I'd have to go rewatch to really know. But I feel like they had a hint, a touch of silence before those seismic charges go off in episode two. Ah, uh, yes, I was just yes, 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 say yes, that. yes. Yeah. But but I, I know I know in one of them, like you hear Obi Wan in his ship, like with all his like sirens and yeah yeah you know, yeah yeah the little like going. beeps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it it does add something. <clears throat> to it uh yeah that movie uh yes it's up there for me and like i said I, I don't necessarily think it's the most fun to watch and i think that they tried to add in all the five years and all that stuff to kind of increase the fun factor of it but mm-hmm. i do think it's one of the best told stories uh in that saga um yeah I, I'll, I'll defend that movie whenever i talk to somebody about it because they'll break down all the the nitpicking of this and that and i'm like it's not perfect it's it's there's it has its flaws but I'm not going to rage online about, you know, how the they would never have done that type of light speed attack and why didn't they do that in the previous movies and stuff like that. And it's because people wanted to live. They didn't want to kill themselves. There wasn't a kamikaze effort for the rebellion. Right, so. and there was always there was always hope to not have to. 
Yes. Right, exactly. So my yeah. um my dad last last ditch effort. When you talk about uh you know the online outrage, I was talking to my dad about Game of Thrones uh season eight not too long ago, and uh and he was like I thought it was fun and um and uh I was like yeah no no he, my dad has a very skewed way of the way the internet works and what words mean on the internet and he's a very literal person. So he was like, what I don't understand and will never understand, Bob, is there are people who need therapy from seeing this. <laughs> it just says something about the state of the world. <laughs> that the way this television program has gone, you need to go talk to someone about it. And it's, it's so good. Um, so yeah, Your dad might be my favorite folklore character. <laughs> <laughs> He's a trip, man. He's a trip. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so now how, let me, as, as, you know, it's so funny because most of the people that we've spoken to, uh, on this show, which isn't, I mean, it, it almost seems like it's like a prerequisite to like get on <laughs> at this point, um, have liked eight, you know, like we, we, we haven't encountered that person yet. That's like, I love everything until eight, you know, like, mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it, 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 that's 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 interesting to me also. Um, but how did you navigate the fandom in any way, even if or if you do at all after that movie? Ah, uh, that's it's either you're the defender of the of the story, or you're kind of just like sitting there listening to you know, to them for therapy, see why they're so upset about it, yeah. or you're kind of like in a straight out argument over the whole thing. But I. I've, I've been lucky enough to know sensible people where you can have a, a decent discussion where it doesn't turn into like something, you know, outrageous. Yeah. So that's important. you can listen to people's points and you can, um, you can see where they're coming from, but you know, then you think about how you felt about it when you watched it and you know, you can see it's, it's just a difference of opinion and that's fine. Right. Not everybody's going to like something. Right. So it's, yeah, it's your opinion. So that's cool. I mean, there's but, people that haven't even made a full opinion of it because they're waiting for nine to kind of connect all the dots true. at one time. And that might be the best way to do it, too. That's In this true. case, not not always. I think the problem is, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys think this is different, but I think the problem is is that everyone who doesn't like that movie had in their head what the movie was going to be. See, that's well, the, the same. Reveals I, th- were gonna be. I think that's the same thing with Game of Thrones. I think that's the same thing with... Uh, a lot of things is is when yeah. when the expectation when 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 a studio uh, diverts from your expectation. Do you know what I mean? Somehow you feel like yeah. they're wrong. Well, the people that don't like Last Jedi or have problems with it, like big problems, would you say that's mostly Star Wars fans and not the casual? Yes, I agree. Okay. Yep. Now, I never watched Game of Thrones. I've been hearing about it for years. Like, I just read, like, you know, I see, like, viral stuff, and I kind of just, you know, know. And, and that's that's kind of like, you know, like the people that don't, they've never seen Star Wars, but they know who Chewbacca is. Right. And it's, you know, not the same. Like, I know some of the characters and the, and the vagueness to it. But when I heard about the ending and how it all played out, like, I, I could see where there's, like, a touch of anticlimactic uh, storytelling or, you know, maybe it's not what someone wanted. It's not what it looked like, you know, it was mm-hmm. going to be. But it didn't sound that bad like not right in the universe bad you know well it's it, and it's another thing it's like it all right it, it is like uh you know i think that that's been another lesson i mean this year <clears throat> 2019 I, like a lot of things are coming to a close 
you know, we had Endgame, mm-hmm. we had Game of Thrones, and then we have Star Wars all in one year. Right. Like three huge things that kind of tied up. And, uh, you know, I, I, people seem to, overall, I would say, accept and like Endgame. I don't care for it at all. Um, people didn't like Game of Thrones, and I thought it was fine. It didn't go the way that I necessarily wanted to go or saw it going, but I didn't I didn't dislike it at all. I was like, you know what? That's good enough. Um, mm-hmm. And then Lord only knows uh, what December will yield. But but the, the problem the, the problem with Star Wars and hating it right now is that hating Star Wars is a fine it can, is a financial gain. You know, you can do a video on why. Uh, you know, so whoever, you know, enter name, why Anthony Daniels ruined Star Wars, and you're going to get like 2 million views. Oh, yeah. You know, so like, <laughs> you know, you can make an article, uh, you can you could create a, a bullshit, you know, internet news source today and be like, Kenny Baker speaks from the dead on how Disney ruined Star <laughs> oh, Wars. And it, you're going to get, you're going to get 30 billion clicks on that thing. You know, like it's, 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 it's fiscally fruitful to hate Star Wars. Well, people want to have all that reinforcement for, you know, their opinion instead of trying to find a reason to like something instead of just continuing to hate it, which is very much uh, the easy path. Right. And you're doing that with the Force Friday, trying to give people the positive energy. Correct. Yeah. And, but and that's, we I need more you, of that. I think you just gave a, I think you just gave a, a Disney a, a new uh, thing to sell, the Star Wars Ouija board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you could, dude, and you could speak to just just dead Star Wars actors. <laughs> um, you know, you know, but like, uh, yeah, or, or, or Force Friday, or like, uh, I'm trying to make it positive. Like, I'm trying to bring forth positive stuff, energy, and content. But I'm also, if if the stuff is negative, I'm trying to at least present it in an objective manner, like. Maybe this, like the one I put out today, maybe this Benioff and Weas thing has a lot more to do with far more complicated business interests going on than whether or not uh, Kathy Kennedy said, you know, she hates all boys and wishes they all would die. She just wants to hire them all. You know, like maybe it has maybe it has more to do with, you know, far more complicated things that have more to do with bottom line dollars for a corporate business. Maybe. I mean, maybe I'm from I another hope, planet. I hope maybe. so. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, if it wasn't, then that'd, that'd be pretty sad. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> like if, you know, stuff like that, like if, if you don't see, if you can't connect the dots between Disney plus Netflix and the way that the Game of Thrones pair fit between the two, you're not mm-hmm. looking at the clear picture. Right. But neither here nor there. All right, so Solo. Loved it. That was great. No kidding. Yep. So, so tell me, tell me Thanks. why, tell me, tell me why though, because that one, that answer for you was right off the cuff, right off the bat. You were ready. I loved it. Boom, done. Tell me, tell me yep. why so, I, such a visceral reaction. Uh, it took me 15 minutes to get used to the fact that it wasn't Harrison Ford anymore. Mm-hmm. That it was a different actor. And then once yeah. I, once I got past that point, then I, then I just tried to, to, like it as much as I could. You know, like, because I, I read all the stuff about how there was like you change it and about how you know he needed a, the acting coach and how you know it was just like a ruin like how it's supposed to be this big huge comedy and then they they stepped in and changed it and i just i t- took all of that and i put it in a box and i locked it up and i threw it in the closet and i sat down and i just enjoyed the movie for what it was hmm. and i did and i liked it like i liked the whole the whole 
cowboy type of you know movie feeling to it. You know, what I mean, they're yeah. they're even robbing a train at one point. So yeah, right, 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 right. I like so. that sequence. I do too. I do. I like too. it a lot. You know, it, it's I, like I like that movie just fine, but I will say it is my least favorite of the Disney batch. Um, and yeah, I can see why. Yeah, and, and and not that I think that there's anything like inherently wrong with it, other than it, it's it's. I'm not sure how much I benefit from it as a fan <clears throat> in terms of enjoyment. And, um, like, it, it feels much more like fast food than it does, like, an entree, which I'm sure is honestly the intention. But I'm not sure if I'm interested in the fast food. Well, you have this main line of movies, right? That's basically this big, <laughs> huge, epic saga, right? And it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Rogue One that's like a mil- more military type of, you know, movie sense, like, you know, it's a mission. Then you have Solo that's, I thought it was kind of more like a very, you know, off-the-cuff type of, like, fun cowboyish type of movie. And yeah. now you're going to have The Mandalorian that's going to be a very, you know, in-the-city-streets, dirty, gritty type of, you know, genre. So I guess they are they were trying maybe to hit all the different, you know, type of of styles. Mm-hmm. but stay within the star wars universe so but anything star wars i usually like unless it's just really done poorly or or poorly acted so you brought up the mandalorian so let's let's get into the future mm-hmm. of star wars a bit where where are talk about your excitement levels and how you feel about the upcoming mandalorian and nine yeah, I I remember them talking about them doing a um, I don't know if it was supposed to be a Boba Fett movie or sorry Boba Fett series or if it was supposed to be just like you know like down in the yeah, down in the like like down in the alley down the street I, type of, of film. I think it was initially intended as a film, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then then they kind of like you know switched over to this, which is great. So um, I I can't wait to see that aspect of it. I always wondered why they didn't kind of like just write in you know, that same character, like, okay, so, you know, Boba Fett gets out of the Sarlacc pick and he just, now his, here's his TV series and what he did. And after that, right. I mean, there was, there was books after that that were written, like what, what he did and right. stuff. Right. Um, so, but I can see why they're, they're taking on a whole new character. I got, uh, really excited when I found out that the actor that's playing the Mandalorian is the guy that played, uh, was the red Viper in game of Thrones. Yes. So he's, he's a real good actor. Yeah, for sure. Which is odd because you don't see his face in any of the promos. You don't ever see him take his I, helmet off. I heard a rumor that you might not see his face in the first season. Oh, okay. That's heard, great. That's great. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do um how long before they digitally put him in Rogue One? <laughs> <laughs> that's the S E edition of Rogue One. <laughs> so um so what about nine? Where are your thoughts at with nine? I'm, I I wish they would have went back to JJ because I just have this weird feeling it's going to be like another partial retelling of something that we've seen before, and that's okay. Right. But I wanted something a little bit, you know, different, like a different, yeah, yeah a newer take on things. Yep. I so hear you. I hear you there. How do you, how how are you going to feel like if they if if like a big reveal is like say they show you know, like Liam Neeson as a force ghost, or if they show like Han Solo is actually alive and he just, you know, he's walking with a cane or he's got an eye patch or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? So I have, I think I have Han Solo bias where I would probably eat that up, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, anything else like, 
I expect there to be some fan service stuff with this, not only because JJ is a, is a part of it, but also because it is the the closure. So like, I think that fan service, like I think that honestly, it, nine might have been a better place for for JJ than seven. But I am concerned also because I know that my interest with Star Wars is with the new and different. And I know that Disney's or Lucasfilm's current, you know, regime is definitely in the safe and familiar. And that's right. that's what I find most concerning or, you know, I'm most worried about <clears throat> is how far are we pushing this? Because I want to push, so to speak. Because they're ending everything, right? right. They're closing it all up. So they're not going to really introduce too much like, like, oh, you know, Palpatine was in the Outer Rims and he discovered this new whatever or he, like, he learned this new thing or something. I don't think they're going to really do that because they don't want to open up anything, you know, for those later stories unless they want to, but or I don't know. But right. it would seem silly to do that when they're trying to close and button up all the stuff that they had, you know, went off track with the things before that. Do you have tickets for opening night? Uh, no, I didn't get them yet. So, gotcha, Gord. You you you're coming with us, right? Yes. Cool. Um, all right. So, lastly, before we kind of get out of here, you wanted to talk about the fan cut stuff a bit. Yeah. So let's let's have a conversation about that. Ex- explain what you mean by that, and and why it is of importance to you. So ever since like probably the 90s or whatever i was always getting into like you know doing cgi stuff and and just dabbling with that i was going to do my own fan film back then it was going to be like this cross between star wars and and sliders back then oh, it was gonna be like where they where they, they slid into a world where george lucas was president of the united states and used all his like you know imagination <laughs> to shape the country in that way and george lucas would eat <laughs> sliders in it and it would be very meta <laughs> He's just sitting there in the White House. Oh, shoot. Uh. I don't want to derail <laughs> what you're talking about, but I would love to discuss George Lucas president world. Like, what is that world like? But that's, yeah, that's another time. Yeah, the idea was that he just he took all the money that he made from Star Wars. He used it for a campaign. Everybody loved him, and he won the presidency in, in 1980. And and he just reshaped and made everything, you know, made, made uh, hunger and everything go away and the the country loved him. They just stayed on as president for after his two terms. Like, are, are there midi chlorian vaccinations? Like, what do you what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> this is pre midi chlorian, so I didn't even think about that at all. Midi chlorian vaccination. That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so around that time, there was uh, a lot of people doing all these different fan films, and they, you know, it's basically the lightsaber, you know, fight here and there. But there was this, uh, um, one guy. Like years later, he basically saw that there is all these errors and problems with the you know the the releases the dvds that came out the special edition and he was one of those people that hated you know all the additional changes that they made that he wanted to kind of like take them back um he goes it's i think it's i think he pronounced it 81 is a-d-y-w-a-n uh edit but he started with a, a new hope and he used dvds and all the changes, like the majority of the changes that he made was like color correction, you know, taking out errors, like things like you said, Gort, where the, you know, the the antennas on the wrong side of the helmet, you know, flipping those things, you know, adding in extra effects where like there might have been a wall with panels, but there wasn't in another scene, you know, doing that type of stuff. And just real small minor like 
uh, added special effects. He went so far as um, when he was doing the Empire uh, edit that he did, where he actually built a whole Wampa, you know, costume and stuff, and like made the whole set just so that he could have like an like an extra three seconds of like adding this part into the into the scene where it made sense. That's awesome. Uh, he did like all these new matte drawings. He did all this uh, modeling and stuff, like real like real modeling of like the whole Dagobah set and like, you know, just so that it made more sense. So it opened up more and they're really, really good. I mean, there's some parts of it here and there that are like, yeah, you didn't really need to have that, but it, they're, they're like, to me, they're, they're, they're just make, it's like what you remember. You you watch this stuff and you're like, Oh, that looks just like how I remember it. But then you go watch the original and you're like, Oh, it is different it isn't like those the the exhaust from the thrust isn't that color the ion cannon isn't that color you know they didn't have like all those so like that those edits that he did and he's doing he's working on the jedi edit he worked on the empire one i think for almost 10 years before it was done so uh they're they're if you're looking to have like all those mistakes fixed if you're looking to have like the best type of coloring, the best type of, of audio, those are the edits that you want to watch for his edit at least. Yeah, I would love and to then check there's, those out. <clears throat> then there's the um, the the was it despecialization? I think it's called. Is the other one? Yeah. Where basically they just take out all the the stuff that was added in, and you know make edit it so it makes more sense and stuff, which which is fine. It's just it's just you know you're just removing something that he did, but. The thing that I'm really excited about is the um, the 4K uh, transfers. So there was a group of people that they actually uh, bought or had or found or something the original 35 millimeter films of the original movies. So they have like a New Hope, and they took the 35 millimeter film and they scanned it in in 4K straight from the 35 reel, and they cleaned out all like the film noise and stuff. So you have this original, unedited you know, uh, version of the movie that George Lucas said that that would never, you know, exist. It would never last. He's like, this special edition is right. what will be right. last forever. And people will think of star Wars is what they'll see. So they, they scanned it all in and they added like a digital noise re- uh, removal to it. And it looks fantastic. That's I mean, awesome. it's, it's how you remember it from the theater in 77 or how you remember it from the theater in 80 or 83. And it's 4k. That's <laughs> it's, it's, really cool it well, has this film cream and it has like the different real changes and it's just it's like just so raw and original and how star wars was back then that sounds great to close it out um one last bit of information i want to drop while we're on the subject of of new cuts there is another george lucas cut of episode four coming i think 2021 uh, it's pretty much identical to what we have now, except there's a break dancing sequence with the praying mantis at the bar. It's just a one. It's like a thirty second sequence. Um, Broshek does the beatboxing for it, and the praying mantis does a little quick uh, break dancing number. So look forward to that. <clears throat> um, Is that true? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> just more of my head cannon. Um, <laughs> anyway. Jed, thank you for coming on. I had a great conversation. That was uh, hey, that was well, good. No that was good. And uh, Gort, 
Uh, we got to talk about where, some future episodes, and uh, we should be back more regularly now. October was just crazy for us, so thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for also the interest. We were getting PMs and stuff like, where's the Force Sensitive? And um, YouTube comments and stuff. So, uh, Yeah, I, it was a good bit of that. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, thanks for caring. You know, uh, to to be fair, if we go, so we were absent for I think about three weeks. Uh, in the future, if we go longer than four weeks, we're going to put out special editions of the first two episodes where we just add a couple extra fun facts in between, um, in between thoughts, which we're also not doing, but it's fun to say. All right, so we'll be back soon. All right, take care. <laughs>